for Fan for Racing NASCAR Race Review with Hot Topic Sound Off. And joining me for tonight's show is our co-host for tonight, Jay Huseman. Welcome to the show, Jay. Well, thank you, Sharon. But uh, I'm here just so I don't get fined. No, I'm just I'm here. I'm just here for hot topics. That's what it is. <laughs> okay, Mr. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I'm definitely excited about hot topics, but I'm also excited. First review show of the year, and it's going to be a big one. I'm sorry Sal couldn't be here. I know he wanted to be, but uh, I'll just have to do my best to fill in here as we had a wild weekend at Daytona. Absolutely. Well, so I had some family things tonight and and uh, big celebrations going on, so we'll excuse him for tonight, and we'll look forward to having him back on the show next Monday night as our co-host, but we're glad you're here tonight, Jay. Uh, we've got a really big night for our first preview show this year. Uh, in the first half hour, we're going to talk about all the, the, the first two season openers uh, for the ARCA series, for the ARCA East at New Smyrna, and then the ARCA series at Daytona, both season openers uh, this past week. And uh, uh, I don't know, we might get surprised and get one of those winners to call in tonight. I, I didn't get a confirmation, but we'll see what happens. Um, and then in the second half hour, I'm really excited uh, that he's agreed to be a regular in our fan for racing team again this year. Uh, Joe Graff Jr. will be calling in, and we've got a lot to talk to Joe Graff Jr. about. Uh, he's made uh, quite a bit of changes over the off season, and really looking forward to a super year uh, in 2021. And he started out really well, Jay. He got a top 11 finish. He finished 11th at Daytona this weekend. You know, I really, I really thought uh, following the, or seeing the, the end of that event that he had gotten into the top 10, but uh, I guess in the final scoring loop, yeah, that he was 11th, but still a great run, yeah. especially with uh, Daytona kicking off the season. We'll talk to, to him about that, the momentum, and just the build that that makes, uh, you know, to start the season uh, on that kind of note. Exactly. So he's off to a really great start already. Uh, and then we also uh, will plan to do the Truck Series season opener at Daytona. We'll review that race after we talk with uh, Joe Graff Jr. In our third half hour of the night, we're going to review the season openers for the Xfinity and the Cup Series. And then, of course, uh, uh, starting with our last half hour of the night, we're going to get into our Hot Topic Sound Off. I know everybody's looking forward to that one because we've got a whole list of things that we want to talk about. And so, as usual, there's a good chance that we'll be going overtime tonight on the hot topics and uh, taking an hour for, for that discussion. Uh, and, of course, that's all part of our uh, bonus material that's available only on the podcast. So, with that, Jay, let's go ahead and get into the – I'm sorry, you wanted to say something? I was going to say, when you said that, that you there was a good chance of – you said overtime. I thought you were going to say that we may disagree on some topics that are coming up. Oh, well, that's that's There's a good chance of that, well. too. <laughs> yes, indeed. Okay. We will get into the ARCA East 
Uh, they kicked off the week last week with their season opener at New Smyrna Speedway. It was a big week at New Smyrna uh, because it was the World of Asphalt uh, Series uh, all week long and activities every single day. But the one we're going to focus on is the ARCA East. And uh, the rookie, Max Gutierrez, comes home with his first ARCA win, and it was a photo finish uh, at the line, three cars uh, at the line, and uh, all of them hoping that they were the ones uh, that win, that won, but it was Max Gutierrez crossing the finish line first, Jay. Well, and for a kickoff event, NASCAR, uh, the Arkham Menard Series now falling under the NASCAR brand, for NASCAR to kick off with this one and get a three-wide photo finish, what more do you ask for to start a season? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Uh, it was a thriller. And uh, actually, they had the replay tonight on uh, NBC Sports Network, so I'm hoping uh, that people uh, set their DVRs for that race and watched it because it was an exciting finish. And I was so happy for Max Gutierrez uh, getting that uh, win. Uh, Now let's go ahead and cover the rest of the finishes. It was Sammy Smith and Taylor Gray. uh, uh, Sammy Smith, of course, with uh, the Joe Gibbs Racing number 18 and Taylor Gray in the number 17 for David Gilliland Racing all all going three wide at that finish line. Sammy Smith came in second, and Taylor Gray finished in third place. You know, the top two being rookies, Taylor Gray, and his, I believe this is his first full-time. Was he? I don't remember if he was full-time last year. I know he made several starts, but um, second year at best. So to see the young guns here in the East Series, not just at, at one of NASCAR's top three, but here in the East, we talked about this on the preview show a week or so ago. Uh, the new names in these series and the young young drivers in these series uh, that we're going to see become future NASCAR stars at the top level. Yes, indeed. Now, Taylor doesn't have the rookie designation on the uh, results list here, uh, but uh, he may have run uh, enough races last year to not be a rookie this year. Uh, finishing in fourth place, um, for Marie Benevento is Mason Diaz in the number 74. And you had the correct pronunciation last week, Jay, and I thought it was different, so I corrected you. You were actually correct. It's Joey East uh, in the number 54 for David Gilliland Racing that rounds out the top five drivers. Uh, and in that top five, three of those drivers are all uh, rookies. So pretty cool to see that happening. The other, the other thing I look look at there, and we've talked about this, uh, third place Taylor Gray with David Gillen Racing, as well as fifth place Joey East. What David Gillen Racing is building and the partnership they have with Ford and the Ford Development Program, all the way up through the Truck Series with Haley Deegan now, as she moved over there last year. This is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Ford. David Gillen Racing, and that development program that Ford is putting together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I'm going to go over the next 
weekend drivers, and and the first driver, I'm going to do a little commercial here, if you will, uh, finishing in number six in the number 43 car for Ben Kennedy Racing is Daniel Dye. And, Jay, I got a confirmation today. Daniel is joining us next Thursday night at uh, 8.40 p.m. Eastern Time as our guest. Not this Thursday night, but next Thursday night, February the 25th. So he is now confirmed uh, as our guest that night. So uh, definitely looking forward to talking to Daniel. He had a very solid night uh, out at New Smyrna Speedway. And then we've got uh, in seventh place Colt Hensley uh, with uh, Pat Jett as his owner. Uh, in eighth place was Brandon Oakley with Thomas Oakley as his owner. And Parker Retzlaff, uh, Bruce Cook as the owner in the number 42, finished in ninth place. And Willie Mullins finished in tenth place uh, for his own race team. So uh, any any thoughts there? Well, right there, you said in the top, three in the top five, six and seven also rookies. Uh, and we talked about this coming into this East series, a lot of rookies and a lot of names we've heard before as well as we get a little further down the list. I think this championship battle, uh, I know Sam Mayer won the uh, championship as a rookie. Uh, I think we're going to see that again here with the number of rookies we have. Uh, let's see, one, two, three. Looks like about... Are you still there, Jay? Oh, no. Jay dropped, so uh, we'll look for him to get back. I think what he was getting at is that there are eight rookies on the list here uh, for the Arkham Menard Series East, and uh, I think we're going to see some great things from all of those rookies this season. Uh, Their next race, by the way, uh, is coming up uh, at Five Flags Speedway, and that's why we asked Daniel Dye to be on the show uh, the Thursday before because he is a veteran, I think, of of uh, Five Flag Speedway. He's very familiar with that track. And I think uh, that we're going to be able to get him uh, – well, he's already confirmed. He's confirmed for being our guest uh, that Thursday night uh, to help us preview the race at Five Flag Speedway. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, but just to finish out the rest of the list here, we've got Raj – Roger Carruth from uh, Rev Racing in the number six. He finished in the 11th place. Richard Garvey with Andy Hillenberg in the number 11 finished in 12th place. Jack Wood in the number 21 finished in 13th. Um, Carson Quapel, a lot of people will recognize that name. Um, And uh, all of a sudden I can't think of of his dad's name, but... um, his dad used to race in in the Cup Series. Um, he finished in forty uh, in fourteenth place in the number forty one for Bruce Cook, and then Dennis Dohaney in the number ten finished in fifteenth place. Now Jack Wood had a crash, Carson Quapel had an ignition issue, and Jack Dohaney had a vibration in his car. But everybody else was running, so uh, that's all good. Let me see if Jay's made it back. Yep. He's back, so we'll bring him back in to the queue here. Welcome back, Jay. All right. Well, I heard you heard you mention uh, issues there with uh, vibration in the car, an accident, and blowing an engine. I think my phone did all of those as it shut down and reset on me, so that's why it was out for a minute. 
um, tough way to start the season, but and to uh, to help you out there, Travis Cavapo is the name you were looking for. Yes, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. It was escaping me for the moment, and uh, but but uh, I know a lot of fans will remember him uh, racing in the Cup Series a few years back. Okay, so uh, that pretty much covers it. Uh, for the ARCA East, unless there's yeah. something else that you want to mention here, Jay. Well, taking a look at it, if we go back to uh, the preview show, I picked Jack Wood to win. I know he's one of the ones that had a problem. Uh, this by no means uh, sets the tone for the rest of the year. I still think Jack Wood's going to be a contender, and that's what's going to make this mm-hmm. series great. You know, I, We had a couple of good starts. We had a couple of bad starts. It's the consistency throughout the season. I know they got a little bit shorter season uh, than some of the other series, but uh, I I still think you're going to see a couple of those bottom ones uh, have some good runs and still get in contention. Exactly right. And I will tell you, yeah, I know you're not going to be on the preview show on uh, Thursday night. I don't think so. I think Andy's going to be there. Uh, But uh, I'm going to give you a heads up right now. Daniel Dye is one to watch at Five Flags Speedway uh, and uh, definitely looking forward to talking to him uh, a week from this Thursday. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on now to the Arkham Menard Series. Uh, they had their season opener at um, Tona, and that race was on Saturday. Uh, another really good finish. Uh, Corey Heim won that race and uh, gives a lot of the credit to his crew chief. Anything you want to mention there, Jay? No, another uh, wild one. We've seen that in years past. Uh, The ARCA being the first one of the, I guess, maybe big four, NASCAR's top four now, but the ARCA Menard Series is one that does open us up at Daytona. And that tends to be a little bit of a wild, good race with some possibly unexpected results. And I'm not saying Corey Heim wasn't a projected winner. Running with Venturini Motorsports, you know they're going to be a contender. So congratulations to him. But it wasn't until the end that that race was determined. That is very true. Uh, now, we were hoping to get Corey Heim on the show tonight uh, as part of our winner's circle. Uh, but he, as you can imagine, he had a lot of other obligations, so he wasn't able to be on tonight. So we've got our fingers crossed that Corey will be able to be on Thursday night's show to talk about that victory because uh, I'm sure he was uh, pretty excited about that. I believe Corey won uh, the uh, race at Kansas, the season finale, uh, last season, so he's picking up right where he left off. He wins the last race of last season and the first race of this season. So he's he's got a lot of momentum in his corner going into five flags, uh, going into their next race. Which well, is and that's what you like to see. That's what you do like to see is to be able to carry that. You know, carrying it from week to week is one thing, but carrying it through the off season uh, for a team is is really good and a positive thing. So you're right. I, I think they were started out in a very strong uh, position, and they showed it there at Daytona. They certainly did. Uh, okay, now I want to go over the uh, top drivers here as well. Drew Dollar put on a good show. 
both of those drivers are with Venturini Motorsports. Uh, Drew Dollar came in second. Uh, in third place was last year's champion, uh, Brett Holmes, uh, finished in third place, followed by Ty Gibbs in that number 18, Joe Gibbs Racing Machine. And then Ryan Sieg's brother, Kyle Sieg, uh, rounds out the top five in his number 28. And I know it is early. We are one race in, and it was Daytona, which is kind of a, a separate beast unto its own, as they say, that the season really starts following Daytona in these series. But I think you're talking about championship contenders there. You mentioned Corey Heim winning, Drew Dollar. Brett Holmes was a champion. Uh, Ty Gibbs, we know he can win races. And Kyle C getting a, a full ride under him. Uh, I think those are five you got to consider as championship contenders, not just based off of this one race, but with where they've been and what they've shown in the past as well. Yes, indeed. Um, so I think uh, fans definitely have a lot to look forward here. I'm going to go over the next five finishers. Uh, in sixth place was Derek Lancaster in the number 29, Tanner Gray, uh, finished uh, seventh in his number 17, David Gilliland machine. Uh, that was a Ford. Andy Jankowicz uh, finished in uh, eighth place in his number 75. He had some really good moments. Uh, you're going to know this name from GMS Racing. Jack Wood in the number 21 finished in ninth place. And in tenth place was Sean Core. Uh, for his own race team in a Chevrolet, uh, driving the number eight. Uh, so that rounds out your top ten drivers uh, from that season opener. There were 34 cars entered uh, in this race at Daytona, and uh, it was an exciting race as well. Well, I'll highlight two things there. One, the seventh place, Tanner Gray, another DGR Ford Performance Machine. And you already mentioned it there. I talked about it on the east side. Didn't tie in, though. One of the reasons that I think Jack Wood's name is going to come up more and more, that's in the 21 GMS Racing. And we saw what Sam Mayer can do in that car. We know what Jack Wood can do coming from the uh, Arkham Menards West Series. So I think that combination, like I said, I, I have a lot of confidence in him. Again, ninth place finish, not bad, not where exactly where you want to start, but definitely going to build on that throughout the season. Without a doubt. Uh, Venturini Motorsports, of course, took those top two spots, but I want to do a shout-out for another Venturini driver, Gracie Trotter, uh, driving that number 25. She she was in Michael Stelt's car from last year. Of course, he won this race last year. She was really holding her own, and this finish does not uh, is not indicative of how well she ran in the early part of this race. Uh, at uh, Daytona International Speedway. And I'll tell you what, this was the first time she's raced at Daytona or even on a super speedway. So this was a learning experience without a doubt. And I was real proud of uh, her performance in that number 25 for Venturini Motorsports. Um, so I'm looking forward to the next race and the rest of this season because I think we're going to hear her name quite a bit. Oh, you definitely are, and you're right. She did an excellent job, unfortunately, especially at Daytona or your super speedways, uh, that the results don't always reflect the performance throughout the race. Uh, you know, it's, 
happens at all tracks on occasion, but super speedways and short tracks may be more often than not. Um, so you're right, that 23rd place does not reflect. Started second position, I believe led, what is it, eight laps. Um, and, and like you said, was running a good race, smart race, uh, for being the first time on a super speedway. Absolutely. Also, a shout-out for Greg Van Alst. Uh, we had him on our show on February the 4th. Uh, Greg came home in his number 35 car in 29th place, but that was because of a crash. He was caught up in a crash that was of no, not of his own doing, uh, and I was so disappointed to see that for him. I know uh, this was a dream come true for Greg to be racing at Daytona uh, for his own race team, and uh, we hope to have him back again in March uh, and definitely looking forward to continuing our conversations with him. I certainly do hope we have him back on the show. Uh, the enthusiasm and, and what he talked about, like you talked about, that dream, fulfilling that dream, uh, it coming together, and it's a, you, you're questioning that, well, is this the right opportunity? And he said he's one that he, the opportunity is there. He's going to take it, and he's going to go full bore, full throttle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, uh, again, he he was having a good race. Uh, just uh, one of those Daytona things that uh, uh, happen, uh, you know, not of your own doing. Uh, Derek Griffith, again, his finish uh, doesn't represent how well he was running early on in the race. He too was involved in a crash, driving the number fifty-five for uh, Venturini Motorsports. Another shout out for. Um, Nick Sanchez from Rev Racing. Uh, he's going to be on our show next Thursday night as well. Not this coming Thursday, but a week from this Thursday, uh, I believe, is when we have Nick Sanchez on. Maybe it is this Thursday. No, we have Nick on this Thursday. Uh, so we're yeah. going to be talking to Nick Sanchez this Thursday at 8.40 p.m. Uh, from Rev Racing. You know, they do a combine every year. Uh, Nick Sanchez actually has been there uh, a few years prior to that. So he's returning to Rev Racing, uh, but he's planning to run the Arkham Art Series full-time this season. Uh, so uh, we're looking forward to uh, talking more with Nick Sanchez on Thursday night. Uh, again, involved in a crash, uh, not of his own doing. He was driving the number two for Rev Racing. It, excellent excellent uh, to see that Rev Racing uh, moving into the main Arkham Menard Series this year. Again, we've seen that what the program they built through the East Series over several years, what they've done with driver development. As you mentioned, that uh, addition that they do, I, I can't uh, say again the name. Which, I'm not, which name you're saying? The the Rev Racing's, um, what do you call it, tryouts. Um, oh, the Combine. Combine, there you go. I kept thinking Gong Show, and I'm like, that goes all the way back to Jack Roush. But um, <laughs> what they have done for, for driver development has been absolutely phenomenal in, in what they do there. The other couple there, you mentioned, again, some ones that weren't at the top, but I think will be. Got another uh, David Gillen, uh, Thad Moffat in 21st, and then uh, another Venturini one there in um, Derek Griffith that you mentioned. Uh, we know those mm -hmm. teams are top-performing teams. Didn't have the best performance uh, this race at Daytona, but 
week in and week out, you're going to see them higher on the charts. Exactly. Also, Brittany Zamora in the number 30 for Rhett Jones Racing. Uh, you remember last year she raced with uh, Bill McAnally Racing. Uh, this year uh, she's going to be in that number 30 with Mark Rhett. So uh, definitely looking forward to the upcoming season. Uh, the ARCA Racing Series uh, moves out to the west for that uh, season opener for the ARCA West. Uh, they'll be racing with them at Phoenix. Uh, coming up in March, that's on March 12th. So uh, uh, that should be exciting as well. And uh, I hope we see quite a few of these drivers uh, making that trip out to Phoenix for that event. Uh, And I know there will be a lot of West drivers that will be participating uh, there at Phoenix as well. One one last uh, shout-out highlight I would like to give there, a 15th place finish in the number 45 Rich Bickle, and I believe from what I heard that was a kind of a one-off deal. I don't know if that's going to materialize to anything more, but uh, that's one. I And I can't remember how old I was when he drove the uh, number 17 Craftsman truck, I believe back then it was, uh, Sears Craftsman truck for Daryl Waltrip. And I got to meet him again mm-hmm. last year at the Snowball Derby. So a uh, big shout-out. It was great to see him back in a race car. Yes, indeed. And and another shout-out that I just saw, too, in the number 02 for Young Motorsports uh, was Toni Breidinger. She is uh, the first Arab-American female to be racing in NASCAR, coming home with with a decent finish, uh, finishing 18th in her first event there. So uh, uh, she may be another one to keep an eye on this year. Uh, So uh, I'm not sure uh, if she's running the full schedule yet or not, but um, uh, definitely keep an eye on Tony Bridinger in any of the events uh, that she uh, enters this season. And I know I know if you go back to the our main uh, Arca Menards homepage, it uh, might have to go into the archives because it was in the week or two leading up here. Uh, I know we talked about it on the preview show a week and a half. There's an article there as well as some other great articles uh, about what's coming up as well as this past weekend. So make sure you go to the ArcaMenards.com homepage uh, and check out some of these articles. Actually, it's ArcaRacing.com. Uh, yeah, thank you. Okay, Uh, and again, we'll be reviewing uh, some of these races on our Thursday night show as they come up. March 12th is that ARCA and ARCA West race out in uh, Phoenix Raceway. Uh, That race will be televised on MAV-TV. On February 27th is when the ARCA East races again at Five Flags Speedways. That, That will be available on your NBC Gold Track Pass. Uh, and I believe they'll also have the NBC uh, replay that will take place on Thursday, March the 4th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, keep your eyes out for that. That's uh, coming up pretty soon. And then they're going to have the Suchi Showdown again this season in the Arkham and Art Series. And the first race for the Suchi Showdown is going to be on May the 22nd at Toledo Speedway, televised on MAV-TV. So uh, definitely uh, keep your eyes open for those events. And uh, like I mentioned, we'll be previewing those events on our Thursday night show. 
as uh, their race, those races come up. Uh, now, joining us now is a couple minutes, minutes early, but I'm going to go ahead and bring him into the show here, uh, is uh, someone very familiar with our fan for racing uh, radio show here. Uh, he was a regular last season, going to be a regular again this season, and uh, we are really excited uh, to bring Joe Graff Jr. into the show, the Xfinity Series driver for the number seven <laughs> for SS Greenlight Racing this year. Super stoked to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, we're super excited to have you back with us, uh, Joe, and and super excited for your season. You've had you've had a lot of really great things uh, happening. Uh, we kind of uh, hinted at the fact, <laughs> uh, but anybody who watched the race at Daytona knows you've got a new number this year, uh, driving the number seven. It's new be- only because you were driving the number 08 last year, but now you've got the number you really wanted, right? Yeah, so the um, sevens have always been big in my uh, racing career. I was the uh, 77 over at Chad Bryant's. Um, my dad's car growing up, which actually got me into racing, was always the uh, number seven. Um, one of my first Bandolero wins was in a number seven Bandolero. So when the 07 became an option at Bobby's. I was, I was all about it. So we uh, switched over to that and I guess uh, it's, it's been going pretty well so far. We had, some, we had a good run at Daytona. You did have a good run. I was so excited. I saw you up in the top 10 and uh, you ended up finishing 11th, which is still a super finish. I think that's your best finish in the Xfinity series. Is it not? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I was definitely hoping to get that top 10. Um, just chose the the wrong line there on the last lap. Tr- tried to stay with the uh, Chevys and get a run, and we just kind of stalled out in the bottom. Okay. Well, some other news that kind of came out last week is um, a new partnership that you have, uh, can, kind of a crossover with the NFL with Antonio Williams. Uh, becoming a part in partnership with you uh, for this 2021 season. Uh, talk about how that comes came about and uh, what it means for your team. Um, well, first of all, I, like, I can't say enough good things about Antonio. Um, on and off the field, he's just an amazing player and an amazing person, and he's a great friend of mine now. Um, but it actually started through a mutual friend. Um, my, my sports psychologist who I've worked with for the last couple of years now actually got a job with the bills. So there was kind of like a mutual friend there. And, uh, Antonio always wanted to get, get into NASCAR and, um, start working in the sport. So we kind of, uh, met through that and it's it's sparked into this uh, that is fantastic and uh uh I, I like the crossover too with the nfl and and nascar and uh he's already brought some sponsorship into the xfinity series uh he's been a he's a lifelong nascar fan so this gives him a chance to reconnect with nascar Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm I, I couldn't be I couldn't be more excited to be the 
one that he's going to do it with. Yes, I think I think it's very exciting, Joe. Uh, now we have our co-host with us tonight as well, and that is Jay Huseman. So uh, I know Jay has some questions for you too. So uh, we'll we'll let Jay uh, have the mic here. Awesome, Jay. All right. Well, Joe, you became became like you said a regular uh, with us last year, and I was getting a little concerned. I thought maybe you were trying to take my job, you know, and, and become the co-host. Uh, but seeing how, how well you did here to start the season, you, you just go ahead and stick to driving. We'll just have you on uh, on the monthly program, okay? <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Uh, now, talk, talk about a, a team like this, the, the momentum that this carries from – it's got to be multiple different levels uh, to come out the shoot at Daytona. Big stage, Daytona is where everybody wants to win. The, the kind of momentum that this carries into the season. Yeah, it's it's definitely huge. Um, like, it's really difficult. We even saw it, saw it last season. Um, we had a bad run at – Daytona to start the year last year and it's just really difficult to start your season kind of digging out of a hole in points and stuff so it's really great this year to have a solid run and uh, just kind of build that momentum going into the road course here Um, so we have another solid run there and uh, I'm super excited to go back to Homestead that was one of our best tracks last year so really really good start to the year. And with with that I know again Daytona being one of the bigger races you know the, the television coverage the sponsorship, and I know you have your own and have already new partners here with the uh, your new partnership with the Antonio Williams, but what else does this highlight and bring to a team w- when you get that kind of top finish and recognition? Well, it's just great for all of our partners to get that exposure. We work really hard to uh, make sure we're getting the most for all of our partners. We've been hustling really, really hard last season and this off season to uh, bring some more of those partners on. And we've uh, definitely done that this year, bucked up his back for a bunch of races. So super, super stoked to be working with them still. Um, we're bringing some new sponsors into the sport. Like we just, uh, just announced Z grills is in the sport as of last week. Um, they, they came on for a multi-race deal with us. So that's, that's going to be awesome. Um, big, big passion of mine so um super stoked to be um partnered with them all right the last thing i got for you i know you mentioned getting to to go back to the number seven the good run as you build into a season like that and with momentum that you were carrying over from last year i know you mentioned a couple of tracks already that you're looking forward to you had good runs but as that builds, how many more tracks and confidence do you have going into even other tracks or new tracks or tracks you haven't done so well at in the past based on that progression? Definitely, definitely a lot. Like I have a lot of confidence and high hopes going into this year. Um, I've put a lot of work in in the off season. I've started working with uh, Josh Wise and Scott Speed in the Chevy program. I've been learning a lot there. Um, we're doing a lot of the, the – the guys in the shop are doing a ton to build fast race cars and um, improve on what we had last year and just work to be even better. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to going back to some of the places we struggled at and being better there and even um, working to get better at the places we were really good at. 
All right. Well, I start. I started with a joke about it, but actually, I hope you do come on more than once a month as your regular slot, because hopefully this season we get to see you here on a Monday night uh, that you're not scheduled as part of the winter circle. So good luck on the season here. Sounds good to me. Thank you. All right, Sharon. Oh, okay. So, uh, Joe, I want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing with Scott Speed and Josh Wise. Uh, because you mentioned uh, that they're not just workout coaches uh, and trainers, but life coaches uh, as it relates to racing. So talk a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, they've, they've, they've done a lot for me. Um, I've wor- been working with them since uh, the beginning of December now. So definitely been working on my race craft. Um, a lot of the conditioning stuff like within the car um, as well as just making sure I'm in the right mindset outside of the car as well, just to be able to perform as best I can. Yeah, I know NASCAR's uh, getting into the iRacing more and more and uh, iRacing is part of that training uh, and, and just keeping the right mental attitude in the car. Uh, is part of that as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I racing has been a big tool for us, it, especially now that they took practice away at most tracks. I've I've been using I racing as a great tool to kind of get familiar with the tracks, visual cues, things like that, just to uh, get as much of an edge as I can go in there. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any plans to do any iRacing this season with the Coca-Cola Series? Um, I don't have anything planned as of right now, but I definitely hope to, so I'm keeping that door open. Okay, okay, so we'll watch for that for sure. Now, uh, you know, we've always got to uh, take a look at our update on the sneakers uh, that you collect. I was uh, uh, surprised to see here that your sneaker collection tops about $90,000. That's amazing. Yeah, so I don't know that it's quite that high, but it's definitely grown a lot over the last uh, year to a year and a half. Um, in the in the off season, we've definitely got some more of them. I was able to pick up some of the uh, ones that I've been trying to get for a really long time i was able to about two weeks ago i got a pair of uh jordan one's original from 1985 i've been trying to get those wow. for a few years now so it was, it was really cool to be able to not only just find them but then be able to work a deal out to get them okay so uh we always like to kind of get the update on where you're at with that uh, owns and wears at least 80 limited edition sneakers, uh, and and you grow that collection uh, every month. So uh, we like to always uh, kind of get the update on, on what's the newest addition uh, to your collection absolutely. there when you come on the show here. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Okay, now a lot of people don't know that uh, you are a student at NYU University. We always bring that up as well. Uh, and you had to kind of prove to your parents uh, that you could both race 
and be a student at New York University. Uh, how did you go about uh, proving to them that you could make that happen? So this is actually a um, great story that I haven't really talked about. Um, so this was back in 2018 or 2017. They were unsure that I could race and go to school. So my senior year of high school in 2017, I actually took a class at Harvard University as well just to show that I could race and uh, excel at the college level as well. Um, and I, I took that class. It was a five-credit co- course on history of the Cold War. I ended up getting a, getting an A-minus in the class, and uh, that's really what allowed me to continue racing as well as go to school and just show them that I was able to do that. Yeah, you kind of sealed the deal with that A minus. Uh, so uh, we're thankful that you you were able to do that. Uh, exactly. So talk a little. <laughs> exactly. Uh, talk a little bit about. Um, we mentioned it a little earlier in the show. Uh, the fact that you kind of got the bug, the racing bug, from uh, following along with your dad at the racetrack because he's a racer as well. Yeah, it's. It's it definitely came from him. I I grew up going to short tracks. I'm a big short track guy. Um, grew up going to the racetrack on a Saturday night and watching uh watching him win in that street stock. At the time, it was Catskill Mountain Speedway, but now it's uh, Bethel Motor Speedway. And then I was able to get into a car when I was about nine or ten years old, and uh, I, I I raced there for a while. I go back every chance I can. Um, so just a huge part of me and why I'm here. Okay. Yeah, the racing routes, uh, NASCAR home tracks, uh, and, and some of them aren't even NASCAR home tracks, but they're local tracks uh, that really, really kind of help uh, a lot of drivers kind of get their careers going and uh, a chance for you to kind of get your feet wet. Well, Joe, as always, uh, we've really enjoyed talking with you here tonight. And uh, we're looking forward to the next opportunity sometime in March. Uh, Chris and I are working on that. And uh, we'll, look, we'll look forward to having you back. Um, uh, I know uh, you've got a website as well as uh, social media handles that fans can follow along. Yeah, so all of my social media, my website is all junior, so... Um... Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I, I just made a TikTok, too, so if anybody would like to go follow my TikTok, that'd be awesome. We're putting some great content out on there. Um, and just really appreciate everybody's support. Yeah, you do a lot of really great things with your sponsors, and we didn't talk about that as much here tonight. Maybe we'll do that uh, on the next show. But uh, I, I, I really admire uh, how closely you work with your your sponsors and and some of the fun things that you do uh, with all of your sponsors. Any any thank last you, uh, you. Yeah, shout we'll, outs you want to do before we say goodbye? We'll we'll definitely have to talk about that the next time I come on because we've got some big stuff coming out here in the next uh, two to three weeks. So it'll be great. So, um, but big shout out to. Uh, Z Grills, they're the newest one we've brought on. Really looking forward to uh, blowing them up and really helping them expand the NASCAR. 
Okay. Well, Joe, uh, thanks a lot, and uh, good luck to you. Uh, Daytona Road Course is coming up next. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Feeling good, feeling good. I put a lot of work into um, my road course racing in the off season, so Scott Speed's helped a lot with that. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting the uh, road courses going here. That was definitely a uh, weak point of mine last year. My first time ever racing a road course was actually in the Xfinity Series last year, so definitely a big learning curve. But by the uh, Roval at the end of the year, we got a lot better, and I felt pretty good about it. So I'm looking forward to improving on that and carrying that momentum into the Daytona road course this weekend. Okay. Well, we're looking forward to it too, Joe. We hope you have another great finish and uh, we'll look forward to our next uh, visit. Awesome. Thanks for having me guys. Okay. Take care now. You too. Bye. All right. That is Joe Graff Jr. with SS Greenlight Racing in a new car number. Uh, Again, not new for him, but new uh, compared to where he drove last year, which was a 08. He is now driving the number 07, uh, which is a familiar number for him in his racing career, Jay. Yeah, well, one thing I I like, uh, seeing a team and a driver as they step up and and make those steps in the progression, he talked about the road course uh, maybe being a weakness. You know, he hadn't run a lot on it. It's the first one being last year. You got Scott Speed helping coach you with that. I mean, you know, uh, I know there's a couple That's of awesome. uh, others out there that do it, but Scott Speed is a very good one to lean on. Doubt, without a doubt. Uh, I'm I'm really excited for Joe Graff. Uh, he's off to a uh, super start to his season. And uh, with all the things that he's kind of put together during this offseason, I think we've got a lot to look forward to him uh, for the entire year. So uh, keep your eye on that number 07 uh, for this season. Okay, now, Jay, uh, we need to talk about the uh, truck series race. Uh, That was another uh, exciting finish, uh, just exciting throughout the whole year, uh, throughout the whole year, the entire race, uh, but how exciting was it to see Ben Rhodes come home with another victory in that truck series in the number ninety nine Sport Racing? Well, you got to you got to back that up just like a half second. How exciting was it to see uh, Corey Roper almost win, Jordan Anderson almost win, Ryan Truex almost <laughs> win, Corsa? Oh, okay, it was Ben Rhodes. Great for Ben Rhodes. I mean, that's how that one finished. It was not a side by side finish. But it was just as exciting because in that final lap, yes, it was. I think there were six different guys that, or drivers. You're like, oh, he's got it. No, he's got it. No, he's got it. Oh, Ben Rhodes got it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the way it went. And uh, Ben Rhodes was kind of pretty competitive throughout the entire evening. Uh, but uh, uh, definitely his starting position was uh, 23rd, uh, and he ended up first after 101 laps completed. So uh, he only led seven laps on the night. Uh, But uh, he now has uh, secured his spot into the playoffs, Jay. That's always a big thing early on. We talk about the momentum uh, when it comes to NASCAR's top three. You win and you lock into the playoffs. We haven't seen it yet where there's a full field of winners. So at this point, it's pretty much a guaranteed lock. 
Uh, but that kind of momentum and, and the bonus points that go with it, and, and again, just the momentum uh, and Daytona. Winning at Daytona, it don't matter if it's a foot race. You want to win That's it at huge. Daytona, right? <laughs> exactly. It is huge. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, I think we're going to see uh, some really great racing in this series again this season. Uh, keep in mind that Sport changed from Ford over to Toyota, and uh, all of those drivers seem to be pretty hyped about that and happy to be in the Toyota uh, going into this season. Uh, let me go over the rest of the top five here. You had Jordan Anderson. You mentioned him. Uh, he finished in second place in his uh, number three Chevrolet. Uh, then you had Corey Roper in the number zero four, finishing third. He was driving a Ford, so all three of the manufacturers represented there. In fourth place was Ryan Truex Jr. in a Chevy, and Carson Hosefar in the number forty-two, uh, rounding out that top five. Well, and we know Daytona is a matter of being there at the end in the right position. Okay, you talked about Ben Rhodes starting 23rd. Jordan Anderson started 20th. Corey Roper, 31st. Ryan Truex, 25th. Carson Horsevar, uh 12th. You know, there's a little bit of luck, but there's also that positioning and the timing. You know, I think the strategy, I think Ben Rhodes, uh, the crew chief, had a lot to do with that as far as the strategy mm-hmm. starting from that 23rd yep. position. So it's making the smart move, the right move at the right time, and then that little bit of luck. And having that shot at the end, and like I said, all five of those plus maybe even a couple more there in those in that final lap, one lap, uh, really had a shot at it. They really did. They really did. And uh, those are all great names that we're seeing up there. I hope we, we see more of that uh, throughout the season um, because there's some great drivers in this series, and we're going to hear some of those names as we kind of uh, – go through this next uh, group of five. Uh, in sixth place was Sheldon Creed in the number two Chevy. Then you had John Hunter Nemechek driving the number four Toyota this year. Um, Cody Rohrbar in the uh, number nine Chevy, finishing eighth. Chandler Smith in the number 18 Toyota this year in ninth place. And in the number 51 Toyota in 10th place was Drew Dollar. Well, and you hit on it there. Heavy hitters. Ones we expect to be there week in and week out. Uh, Sheldon Creed, your defending champion. John Hunter Nemechek coming back from the Cup Series to Kyle Busch Motorsports. Uh, I said it on the preview show. I picked him to win. I think that combination could be very lethal. Uh, We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. Chandler Chandler Smith in the 18 for KBM, listed as a rookie. But, again, we have seen him race already in the truck series as well as other series. Uh, We know the talent's there. Without a doubt. Uh, Let's go ahead and do the top 15 here because the next five include Grant Infinger uh, driving the number 98 Toyota in the 11th, Chris Wright in the number 02 Chevrolet, finishing 12th, Spencer Boyd in the number 20 Chevy. Uh, In 13th, David Gilliland was in this race. Uh, leading for a, lot, a good part of it uh, in the number 17 Ford, finished in 14th place. And Matt Crafton, who actually gave Ben Rhodes a really decent push there uh, to be able to be out front, uh, finished in 15th place in the number 88 Toyota. That's his teammate. And 
And and that's where you talk about Daytona. Kraft and giving that push, thinking, well, it, nothing else. I'll push a teammate and I'll finish second. And he ended up 15th in all that melee. <laughs> uh, you know, but... You know, that was the right move. It just didn't work out uh, for Matt Crafton, unfortunately. Uh, Another one, uh, unfortunately, I know it wasn't, I think it was your pick, if I'm not mistaken, Grant Enfinger. I was kind of pulling for him. We talked about this on Hot Topics, um, splitting the ride this year. But go out and make the most out of your starts. Just like any other series, you get limited starts. You make the most of them, you're going to be back full-time somewhere. Exactly, and he was running up front right there all the way to the end, and there was just uh, an incident there at the very end of the race uh, that put him back in the 11th place. And, okay, uh, the next I know five... it's not a... Oh, real quick, I was going to say, I know it's not on that list of hot topics, but if we need another topic, uh, that team uh, <laughs> had some discussions amongst drivers. You know, We might get touch on that as far as hot topics. <laughs> Okay, Uh, starting at our our 10 o'clock Eastern time, half hour. Okay, now uh, finishing 16th in the number 21 is Zane Smith, back again this year in Chevrolet. Uh, Danny Bone in the number 30 Toyota, finishing 17th. Jennifer Jo Cobb uh, in the number 10 Chevy in 18th. Brian Dozak in the number 28 Chevy in 19th place. And Jason White finishing 20th in the number 33 Chevrolet. Again, some here are some names you may not be familiar with at this point, but I think six weeks in to midway through the season, I think you're going to be. Uh, some great, again, maybe not uh, indicated of where they were running. That finish there on the end is a big shuffle up. Uh, you know, could have been any one of them. If you're on the lead lap and running, could have been your race. Uh, we, we'll, we'll get to that in another series. But uh, I think you're going to see more and more of these names in that in that five there that were 16th through 20th throughout the season. And, and like you said, uh, I like that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we have our favorites, ones we expect. You're seeing these ones maybe we don't expect or don't know where they're at yet. We're going to find out in a hurry. Well, in this next group, I'm going to go over the next 10 uh, just for time's sake here. But uh, you're going to see some big names in this group, <laughs> and uh, it gives you an idea of just what kind of race this was. Uh, it was uh, a lot of bumping and banging and uh, different things going on throughout the race. Two Chevrolet, Austin Hill uh, finished 22nd in his 16 uh, Toyota. Raphael Assard in the 24th Chevrolet finishing in 23rd. Haley Deegan uh, a rookie this season uh, in the number 24 Ford for uh, David Gilliland Racing. Brett Moffat in the, finished 25th in the number – I'm sorry, she was actually in the number one uh, for um, – uh, number one Ford for David Gilliland. Uh, Brett Moffat in the number 45 Chevrolet, finishing 25th. Timothy Peters, uh, I'm glad, so happy to see him back in the number 25 Chevrolet. Uh, Johnny Sauter finished 27th in the number 13 Toyota. Not indicative of how he ran uh, out for a lot of these drivers. Uh he finished 27th. Tyler Ankrum, 28th in the number 26 Chevrolet. Chase Purdy in the number 23 Chevrolet and 29th. And Tate Fogelman finishing 30th in that number 12 Chevrolet. 
when you're right about that, you're talking about some championship contenders from last year. Uh, Timothy Peters returning to the series. And a couple of drivers waiting to see a Chase Purdy, Chase Purdy listed as a rookie. But some drivers at Haley Deegan, also a rookie, Raphael Lassard, that we're going to see come to the top and get their breakout year, if you will, uh, and at least give these others a run for their money, that they're not guaranteed their spot. They're going to have to earn it. Absolutely. Some real heartbreaks in this next group of six drivers. Todd Gilliland finishing 31st in the number 38 reason, finishing 32nd in the number 52 Toyota. Derek Krause had a rough night in his number 19 Toyota, finishing 33rd. Gus Dean in the 56 Chevy finished 34th. Tanner Graham in the number 15 Ford finishing 35th. And my heart just broke for James Busher. I was so excited to see him coming back to the truck series for Daytona in the number 44 Chevrolet. Um, due to an accident, he ended up finishing uh, 36th. And that accident happened so early in the race. Uh, just a big, big uh, disappointment uh, for the fans and for James Busher. Uh, in that Daytona race. Well, you, you, talk, you talk about that as far as, uh, and this one doesn't show, I was looking to see, oh, yeah, here it does. Um, heartbreak isn't even even the word to describe it. James yeah. Busher listed with zero laps complete. Tanner Gray, zero laps complete. Gus Dean, one lap complete. Uh, you know, yeah. that, that goes beyond heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed. They, that was heart crushing yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, Jay. Uh, but it was an exciting race to watch. Uh, the trucks will be racing again uh, this weekend uh, on the road course, which is pretty exciting. Um, they'll be racing on Friday, February the 19th. Uh, it will be televised on Fox Sports 1 at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll talk a lot more about that race. Uh, coming up on Thursday, uh, but uh, if you want to set your DVRs, do that now. Uh, this is going to be exciting watching these guys race the road course. It certainly is, and, and I know that you get points for Daytona. Obviously, Ben Rhodes gets a locked-in spot into the championship, uh, so you can't just ignore it, but the season really does start here as we get into race number two, three, and four. Uh, and on down the season, you know, like I said, Daytona is always kind of its own separate uh, thing. You know, they say in, in NASCAR, you you kick off with the Super Bowl, and for for race fans, it is Daytona. Yeah, absolutely right. Okay, we are now going to move over to the uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series. Uh, another driver that has secured his spot into the playoffs is Austin Sendrick in the number 22 Ford. He's racing full-time this season, and uh, I see him as a championship contender uh, right out of the gate here, uh, winning at Daytona in the season opener. Well, just to get get our buddy Mike uh, riled up before he even gets on here uh, in a half hour, yeah, he picked him to win. Uh, I don't think that was a surprise, if you will. I know Penske hadn't won at Daytona, but Cindric winning wasn't a surprise, uh, you know, uh, no. realistically. Great for him. He's, he's got, obviously, the locked into the championship, going to go into the playoffs, have a chance to uh, go back-to-back, as we've seen a couple drivers do. 
and, and he's got the talent. You know, I mean, uh, we saw that last year. Uh, and, and, again, I only see improvement coming from him. You know, it was rumored or talked about he was a road racing expert. Well, he proved that wrong, you know. He became a champion. <laughs> champion. So uh, expect to see more of his name uh, throughout the year without a doubt. And, and starting with next week because we're, right, we're racing on the Daytona road course. Uh, so I look for him to be a top contender next week as well. Uh, in number two position is the number zero two Chevrolet of Brett Moffat, uh, followed by uh, a couple of the Burton guys. Uh, finishing third was Harrison Burton in the number 20 Toyota. And in fourth place in the number 10 car Chevrolet was Jeb Burton. He's racing full-time this season with College Racing. I'm so excited for him. And uh, I think we'll see a lot of him uh, as a contender this year, as well as Harrison. Uh, all, all of those guys are going to be contenders this year, uh, along with A.J. Allmendinger, also at College Racing, rounding out the top five in that number 16 Chevrolet. Well, I don't even know where to start here with these four. Uh, you mentioned Harrison, going to be a championship contender yet again. College Racing, we know that their intention is to possibly move up to Cup, uh, have uh, some Cup starts throughout this year with the look towards going full-time there in uh, 2022. And we have talked about the evolution of that team and what they have built in becoming championship contending. Three full-time drivers with Almendinger running uh, full-time this year. And you mentioned Jeb Burton going to be full-time in that number 10. And we have Justin Haley, who is another championship contender and weekly race threat. So uh, college racing uh, might be the one when it comes to the Xfinity Series, you got Junior Motorsports, Penske, and Joe Gibbs. Uh, I think you got to start putting College Racing up there with that with those groups. Yeah, without a doubt, uh, they have uh, really done a lot in a very short amount of time, and uh, are perennial contenders. Uh, and I'll tell you what, those drivers uh, with all, AJ Allmendinger on their team that gives them a leg up on the road courses as well. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, they're heading to a road course this weekend. So uh, watch out for those guys this weekend. Uh, the next well, 10 for drivers, the, go ahead. For the, team, for, for, the, for the team, it might be a leg up, but they're going to be a leg behind because AJ is going to show them what to do from the front. He's, he, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good point. Okay. And number six was the number 68 of Brandon Brown. We, we've seen a lot from him last season. Uh, and I think based on his uh, finishing position at Daytona, I think we're going to see a lot of him again this year. Uh, in the number two Chevrolet with Myatt Snyder finishing seventh, Brandon Gondovic in the number 26 Toyota finished eighth, Daniel Hemrick finishing uh, ninth in the number 18 Toyota, and uh, Jason White rounds out the top ten in that number 23 Chevrolet. Again, so many things to talk about here, and I'll try and be quick. Myatt Schneider, uh, full-time <laughs> there with the number two for Richard Childress Racing. Daniel Hemrick in the number 18 with Joe Gibbs Racing. I think both automatically got to be considered championship, not just uh, eligible, but contenders. But I want to really highlight there Brandon Brown. We talked about college racing and where they were and where they are now. Last year, Brandon Brown mm -hmm. making the playoffs. To him, that was a championship. I mean, it, you know, realistically, that was 
winning the championship to them. That's not their goal anymore this year. They want to be a contender, and I think they're proving that they will be and can be and will be. Definitely a name to watch again this season. And this is not one of the big-name teams. This is a very small uh, one-car team uh, with very few employees that are racing right up there with the big boys. So uh, very excited for Brandon Brown. Uh, let's go ahead and go into the next five drivers. Uh, we mentioned Joe Graff Jr. Had him on the show tonight. Very exciting to see him with a, an 11th place finish in the number 07 Chevrolet. Cesar Baccarella in finishing 12th in the number 90 Chevrolet. Stefan Parsons in the 99 Chevrolet finishing 13th. Ty Dillon uh, driving the number 54 Toyota finished 14th. And Kyle Weatherman. How about that? Uh, a name uh, uh, that I'm excited to see in that number 47 Chevrolet uh, rounding out the top 15. Well, I'll start and respond right there with you. Kyle Weatherman, great to see him uh, in, a, in a ride uh, contending. Ty Dillon obviously getting a ride in the 54. Another one that you talk about heartbreak story from not making the uh, Cup Series to getting that chance in the 54 Ty, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing Machine. I don't know if he's got other spots available, but you're going to see him battle for wins in whatever starts he gets, no matter what series it is in. Uh, Devon Parsons, that's a, that's a good one. I, I like seeing that. And we obviously we talked to Joe Graff Jr. Uh, hopefully get to or see them, or hear more from him throughout the year, uh, more than just the once a month. Yes, indeed. Okay, our next uh, five drivers uh, will complete the top 20. Matt Mills uh, in the number five Chevrolet, finishing 16th. Jesse Little in the number 78 Chevy, finishing 17th. Ryan Vargas, JD Motorsports, uh, number six Chevrolet, finishing 18th. Danny Bone uh, in the number 48 Chevrolet in 19th place. And Timmy Hill in the number 66 Ford, uh, rounding out that top 20. Now, this is a group where I look at Ryan Vargas labeled as a rookie, so we know his status, but we're looking at a group where you could see some names come from as this year's uh, breakout driver. Uh, Maybe not getting wins, but getting into the top ten, top five on a weekly basis as they develop. Matt Mills, Jesse Little. Uh, Again, Ryan Vargas is a rookie, but we've seen him have some starts there with JD Motorsports going full-time for the campaign Rookie of the Year. Uh, could see him uh, develop a lot quicker maybe than what, what's expected from a, from a rookie. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do the next 10 for time's sake here, uh, and uh, there will be 21 through 30. Josh Williams in the number 92 Chevrolet, Jeremy Clements in the number 51 Chevrolet, Landon Castle in the number 4 Chevrolet, Tommy Joe Martins in the number 44 Chevrolet, Robbie Lyons, uh, in the number 61 Toyota, Riley Herbst in that uh, championship winning last year, uh, 98 Ford, uh, finishing 26th, followed by Josh Berry in the number 8 Chevrolet, uh, Justin Algauer in the number 7 Chevrolet, uh, Justin Haley in the number 29 Chevrolet, and Chad Fincham in the number 13 Ford. Now, I, I have to mention here uh, a lot of big names in there, and uh, the majority of those that are in that group of 10 are uh, in those positions because of accidents. 
Yeah, you read my mind. This this is where you get into the, into the pack and category of didn't finish where they were running or their you know their opportunity taken away. Uh, Jeremy Clements, another one that right always right there battling to get into the playoffs. We've seen him make it in the past. Last year we saw him a little short. Um, Riley Herbst going to be a contender with the uh, 98 of Stuart Haas Racing this year in the Monster Energy Ford. Josh Berry uh, going for Rookie of the Year, but going to be uh, part-time sharing that ride with the number in the number eight of Junior Motorsports. Phenomenal showing, I think, on, on behalf of Junior Motorsports and Josh Berry. And then you got championship contenders, Justin Algar and Justin Haley. Um, you know, obviously not where they wanted to finish, but we know they're going to recover. Yes, indeed. Uh, the next ten drivers, again, uh, quite a few of these guys, uh, if not most of them, <laughs> are in those positions because of the accidents. Ryan Sieg, uh, uh, position 31 through 40, uh, in the number 39 Ford. Noah Gregson in the number 9 Chevrolet. Bailey Curley in the number 74 Chevy. Greg Galding in the number 52 Chevy. Colby Howard in the number 15 Chevy. Michael Lynette in the number one Chevy, Jeffrey Earnhardt in the number zero Chevy, Brandon Jones in the number 19 Toyota, Cody Ware in the number 17 Chevy, and Alex LeBay in the number 36 Chevy. Uh, Again, most of those guys are in those positions uh, because of an accident on the track. Again, a mix here of of certain drivers, um, you know, maybe – not not in the right spot at the right time, like you said, but several championship contenders. Ryan Sieg, Noah Gregson, Michael Annette, uh, Brandon Jones. And, and again, Jones, uh, let's see, where does it show how many laps he led? I know he was up front, uh, took a hard hit. Glad to see he's okay. You know, it doesn't show many, mm-hmm. how many laps he led. Um, so yeah. fortunately for him, we're just gl- glad to see him okay. <laughs> yeah, he led three laps. Okay, I knew he had a stretch where he he was up front. It says in here, laps led were three, laps completed were sixty. Oh, okay, I see that now. I see where we're looking at across the line. Okay, so um, yeah, a lot of heartbreak. Uh, you know, it is Daytona. You got to expect these big incidents that happen on the track. Uh, and, and a lot of times it takes out a lot of the big uh, top-name contenders. Uh, but what it also does is it gives some of these other drivers a chance uh, to start off their season uh, in a really good fashion. But a lot of these guys that are in that top five are big-name drivers. Well, and, and Joe, Gra- Joe Graff Jr. mentioned it, you know, and it, you know, for his own team last year, uh, not having the best finish. You're trying to come from behind and dig out of that hole right from the get-go. Uh, some other teams in that position. Now, again, they're championship teams. We're going to see it. But one thing, and you kind of hit on it, going into the road course at Daytona next week, got to put Austin Sindrick at the top of that list uh, of contenders or possible winners, already having the Daytona win. What he's looking to do is build that playoff deep yep. so that when it, if he has something come up in the playoffs, you know, he might get more than one mulligan. He might get two or maybe even three. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, 
but, you know, these drivers are competitors at heart. Uh, none of them like to go out there and just ride the track. They want to go out there to win. So uh, I look for uh, – I look for a number of wins uh, from a driver like Austin Sendrick. I don't think he's just going to have one or two. I think we're going to see a string of wins from him throughout this year. Yeah, like I said, I try to get Mike riled up. You know, he was saying that he predicted this. I'm like, it don't it don't take no fortune teller to predict that. Uh, last year we no, saw it with Chase Briscoe. He said it, eight wins. He got nine. You know, I think this year Sendrick is the one we're going to be looking at as far as that. Uh, based on how he ran last year, he's looking towards the future. He ran uh, in the uh, Daytona 500. We again, we saw the talent. We know it's there. So we'll we'll see uh, exactly. if, if anybody else can contend with him. Well, and don't discount some of those drivers at the back. They just had a bad day at they, they, at Daytona, uh, and they're going to be uh, looking to rebound on the road course this weekend. So uh, it, it's going to be fun to watch. Okay, let's move over uh, to the NASCAR Cup Series because this was uh, just like the other races, an exciting finish and kind of a uh, race of attrition uh, just like the other ones as well. Uh, Michael McDowell, uh, after uh, 400 starts or such uh, in the uh, NASCAR Cup Series, got his very first victory at the Daytona 500 uh, it can't get much more exciting than that. Uh, and uh, very, very happy to see Michael McDowell uh, getting that victory. And, Jay, uh, we were not alone. There were a lot of drivers happy to see him win as well, including some of the drivers that got caught up in the melee in that closing lap. I know. We heard it a couple of years ago from Denny Hamlin versus, uh, about Matt DiBenedetto. It would be like taking a win from him. You know, he hated it. Uh, Joey Logano is the one I know I caught his interview. He said, hey, I wanted to win, but I am so happy that Michael McDowell is in victory lane, being that I'm not. You know, I mean, that's the type <laughs> of guy he is and, and just unbelievable. And we know this is one of those, uh, you start the race, you're running at the end, you have a chance at it. We know that. But Michael McDowell is always running in the top ten throughout the race, at the end of the race, and in that kind of position. It's just never come together for him. And this one did, and he did a heck of a job. Uh, you know, again, it's one of those you just—you're not a race fan if you don't love to see something like this happen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. We've seen it before in NASCAR uh, with drivers like Trevor Bain and and some of these other guys that uh, have kind of uh, come up with a stunning victory. And I think he kind of said the same thing Trevor Bain said: "Are you kidding me? They just can't believe it themselves." Uh, that they win one of the biggest races of the entire year, the Daytona 500. Uh, it's huge for a driver like Michael McDowell. And for his team, they're at Front Row Motorsports. Uh, uh, super, super excited to see that victory for him. Uh, finishing second was uh, Chase Elliott in the number nine Chevrolet, followed by Austin Dillon in the number three. They came to the line three wide. Uh, <laughs> But uh, when the caution came out, it was Michael McDowell that was out in front. Kevin Harvick finished in fourth in the number four Ford. And Denny Hamlin, uh, looking to go for three in a row at Daytona, finished fifth in that number 11 Toyota. All right. So with uh, talking about those, again, congratulations, Michael McDowell. 
No. Uh, you look at the, who who is there with him: Chase Elliott, Austin Dillon, mm-hmm. Kevin Harvick, and Denny Hamlin. That tells you, you know, who That's he was huge. competing against and beat. Uh, you know, I know it came down down to the end there with the caution coming out, uh, the position, or the timing of the caution, immediate. Uh, how do how do how do they say it? Doesn't go to the last scoring loop there. It is a position on the track at the moment a caution light come out. Um, yes. I know some fans were uh, discussing that. Uh, it's always a discussion when something like that comes out. But on the final lap, if the caution comes out, they freeze the field where they are running, not back to the last scoring loop. So be clear on that. Um, and that there, caution again, was scary, Jay. What's that? I said that caution was scary. There were a lot of flames. It, it was, and that's one of those, and I know NASCAR likes to give the fans what they want to see and try to get it under green. I was actually surprised watching the replay and, and picking that moment of caution and where everybody was running that it didn't come out a little bit quicker and a, a little more immediately um, with what we saw in that in that final wreck. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to question NASCAR. I know they, like I said, they always try and make the, the best call they can, and they did put it out relatively quickly. Uh, that's one where, from my perspective, it might have come out even a little bit sooner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the positions uh, 6 through 10. You've got Ryan Priest in the number 37 Chevrolet, Ross Chastain in the number 42 uh, this year, uh, driving a Chevrolet for Chip Ganassi Racing, Jamie McMurray in the number 77 Chevrolet, uh, Corey LaJoy in the number seven Chevrolet and Kyle Larson driving the number five Chevrolet this season for Hendricks Motorsports. All right. We're going to take Jamie McMurray and say, unfortunately it did, it did end up, uh, I believe he was climbing out of his car in the infield after all that, but uh, uh final Daytona 500 start, I believe you never know what the future may hold. Never say never, but had a great run. Congratulations to him. The other four you mentioned there, this is the pack I'm going to say is momentum going into the season, coming off a finish like yeah. this to start the season, uh, what they can build on. Ryan Priest, Ross Jastain, Corey LaJoy, and Kyle Larson. Huge, huge momentum building uh, finish for these guys. Without a doubt. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it is going to be fun to watch to see how these guys uh, continue as the season continues. Uh, in number 11th place was uh, Cole Custer in the number 41 Ford, Joey Logano in the number 22 Ford, Brad Keselowski in the number two Ford, so three Fords right together there. Uh, Brad Keselowski and uh, Joey Logano uh, caught up in that last lap accident. Uh, they were running up front uh, when that accident happened, so uh, still ended up uh, with uh, a decent finish. As Kyle Busch also in that accident, finishing 14th in the number 18 Toyota. And Austin Sindrick, uh, also caught up in that accident, was having a fantastic uh, Daytona 500, his very first of his career in the number 33 Ford. All right, here I'm going to start with Austin or, uh, Yeah, Austin Sendrick. Again, not even a rookie because he's not going to run uh, the full season. He's going to do limited starts. He's running for the Xfinity Series Championship yet again this year. Uh, great run for him. Worked his way in, got in made the most of it, 
The other four championship contenders, uh, you know, they were in position. They made a move. It didn't work out. You can point fingers. Uh, I believe it was Brad that said, hey, you know, at that point, you're going for the win. It thought he made a good move. It didn't turn out that way is what it is. Mm-hmm. I think Joy said the same thing at the end. You got to go all out. And uh, he he had no blame uh, for Michael McDowell at all and understood exactly uh, how that all came about. So uh, that was good to see uh, from the veterans. And it just shows how much respect Michael McDowell has within that Cup Series group. Uh, Positions 16 through 20, you've got Christopher Bell uh, in the number 20 Toyota this season, Bubba Wallace in the number 23, um, was caught up in an accident, finishing 17th this year. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 47 in the number 47 Chevrolet. Uh, Chase Briscoe in the number uh, 14 Ford. Uh, also running Daytona for the first time at, in the Cup Series. Joy Gase in the number 53 Ford uh, rounds out that top 20 group. A couple of different sections here. Uh, Chase Briscoe being a rookie, see you give him its rookie year, uh, see what happens. We know the talent could have a, a huge year, or you know we've seen rookies that, that kind of struggle. Have to see how it goes for them. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., one of those of, uh, you know, normal contender, especially on the super speedways. But Christopher Bell and Bubba Wallace, what I look at here is, is this their year? Are they the next one, to, uh, what I call the breakout year? Uh, again, I'm not saying multiple wins and all of a sudden a championship uh, four contender, but at least getting their name up there, you know, round of eight or, or for, you know, being, being weekly contenders anyway. Yes, indeed. Now, in this next group of 10, Jay, we're going to see some of the big names again, Uh, people that were uh, caught up in early accidents, uh, maybe recovered, and were trying to make the best of a bad day. Uh, But there's some big names back here. Uh, Number 20th is uh, Joey Gason, the number 53 Ford. Then you've got Cody Ware in the number 51 Chevy. Kurt Busch in the number one. Chevy, B.J. McLeod in the number 78 Ford, Josh Balicki in the number 52 Ford, Martin Truex in 25th in the number 19 Toyota, followed by William Byron in the number 24 Chevy, Tyler Reddick in the number 8 Chevy, Kaz Grawa in the number 16 Chevy, Quinn Huff in the number 00 Chevy, and Ryan Blaney in the number 12 Ford. Some disappointments there for some big-name drivers. Well, I'll leave that at that. The big-name drivers, you're right. Uh, Unfortunately, a disappointment they expect to be up front. Uh, A couple of highlights there, some great runs and finishes even, talking top 25 for teams like the 51 Cody Ware, B.J. McLeod in the 78, Josh Balicki in the 52. Um, You know, they're on that verge of the next step is being a top 15 up to a top 10 contending team week in and week out. You got to start somewhere, you know, take those steps. The the bottom two two that I wanted to hit here, uh, Tyler Reddick uh, is in that category one, yeah, of, of a big name, disappointing day, but made the move to get through some of those wrecks and then just at the last moment. Same with Ryan Blaney. I mean, he yeah. was clear, went yep. through the end of the grass, 
and the, this front end stuck in and just tore it up. He was through that rack, uh, so very unfortunate yeah. there. But in the middle of those two, in, the, in between those two, Taz Grella, that's for that college racing team, got into the race via their time. We'll talk about that in Hot Topics. But for college racing, they plan on racing again next week with the, uh, the road course at Daytona and A.J. Allmendinger. Might not have been able to do it if they hadn't gotten into this race. So some huge things there with the, the college racing. Again, they're getting their feet way, wet with a couple of races. So that was huge, and I think it was huge for Kaz Grala. I know we've talked about him in the Xfinity, Absolutely. whether or not he deserves a ride. If he can get a ride uh, where we should see him, this, again, unfortunately didn't come all the way out to, uh, to the best performance, but I think he, you know, his name is staying uh, at the top of people's tongues. Okay. Uh, the next 10 drivers, uh, starting with 31st place through 40th, uh, includes Chris Buescher in the number 17 Ford, Anthony Alfredo in the number 38 Ford, Matt Benedetto in the number 21 Ford, Eric Almarola, uh, so sad uh, to see what happened with him in the number 10 Ford, uh, and in 35th place was Alex Bowman, the pole sitter in that number 48 Chevy. Uh, the next five are Daniel Suarez, in the number 99 Chevy, David Reagan in the number 36 Ford, Ryan Newman in the number 6 Ford, Eric Jones in the 43 Chevrolet, and Derek Cope in that number 15 Chevy finishing in 40th. Most of these are uh, accidents. Backing up, uh, back, uh, not this accidents, one accident. Back up there to include Ryan Blaney. 14 laps True. complete. I believe the red flag there was uh, thrown on lap 15 or 16. Uh, not as bad as the truck series, but still a little bit early for that to take out uh, six, seven, ten cars. Yeah, all of these happened before that uh, red flag for the weather delay. So very early in the event. Yeah, and again, some of them, uh, we know uh, Ryan Blaney had a strong car. Eric Almarola, Alex Bowman was your pole sitter. I know uh, started, uh, he did start on the pole. He didn't go to the back. Um, so we know there were some strong contending uh, cars there that just never got the opportunity. That is true uh, and, and very, very disappointing. But it did give us a chance uh, to see some uh, really great racing uh, with some very uh, some more top contenders in that top five group, all going for the win. Uh, but like you say, it worked out for some. It didn't work out quite so well for others. Uh, and in the end, it was Michael McDowell uh, securing his place in the playoff for the NASCAR Cup Series uh, by winning the Daytona 500 at Daytona. Super, super, super. And that's one of those, and I know we're getting that much closer to hot topics. I don't know if Mike's on hold yet or, or not, but uh, hopefully he's here shortly. That's one of those, yeah, it was a bad break, that accident and everything else, but these drivers that then are in position to capitalize on that opportunity, and that's what it, what it's all about. Uh, you know, they, they mm-hmm. say in racing you make your own luck. So, yeah, if it's somebody else's unfortunate luck, that's where you got to capitalize it's not given to anybody. You still got to go out there and earn it. And Michael McDowell did so. And and what a motivation, Jay, for a team like Michael McDowell and Front Row Motorsports 
to, to really make the most of this entire season uh, to give him a, a good chance uh, in the playoffs uh, that are coming up uh, at the end of the season here, the last 10 races. Um, uh, I, I think it's super motivation. And uh, we've got some other uh, super speedways on the schedule. I would not be surprised if we don't see Michael McDowell uh, come up with another win before it's all said and done this season. Well, and I, and uh, we don't have to wait long because we we talked about this already, and I know we will here as we kick off yep. on topics. Road courses fall into his wheelhouse as well, and we're going to the Daytona uh, road course next week. Um, so So there's that. The other thing I look at is, again, I talk about the stages. Uh, front row motorsports, I'll say 20th to 25th place. Okay, this win gives them that exposure. We talked with Joe Graff Jr. about that. What that means as far as exposure, bringing new sponsors to the mm-hmm. team, more money, more resources, and what they can build. Now they can look at going for top 15s, top 10s. You know, it's that stage that they're at, and this is what helps push them forward. Right. I'll kind of give a heads up real quick here. Uh, something that I want to talk about in Hot Topics, and I'm sorry I didn't get it in, in our uh, uh, Hot Topic uh, conversation uh, for our fan for racing crew today, but I'll give everybody a heads up now. Uh, something that Joe Graff Jr. is doing uh, is something that I think we're going to see more and more of. Uh, it started with Michael Jordan and the 2311 team. Now we've got uh, Antonio Williams uh, from the Buffalo Bills uh, partnering up with Joe Graff Jr. Uh, this season. And it's not just uh, support. We're talking about financial support as well uh, for that team. So uh, that's going to help a team like Joe Graff Jr. have better results throughout this season. I think we're going to see more of that uh, as the season uh, progresses and more of that just within NASCAR in general. So uh, just a heads up there. It is nine, uh, 10 o'clock, and that means it is time for Hot Topic Sound Off. Uh, Jay, you're going to have to help me find some uh, transition music for us to uh, transition into Hot Topic Sound Off here. <laughs> oh, I, I'm pretty sure I, I can talk to some uh, uh, former military friends there and get some sounds of some bombs dropping and going off and just kaboom, kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a transition there. Uh, so we've been looking forward to this all day. Uh, we've got uh, some conversation threads that uh, we kind of talk offline amongst ourselves. So we know this is going to be an exciting hot topic tonight. And joining us uh, for our hot topic conversation is Michael Orzel. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hi, right, this is going to be a very ice covered, frozen, sloppy, nasty. Hey, <laughs> Uh, that gives you a flavor for how our conversations, I guess, have gone earlier today and how they might continue to go uh, throughout the rest of this next half hour or uh, perhaps even an hour. So with that, well, Sharon, 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 I know you, I, I, I talked to you earlier. That That's twofold there. I, I'm sure it was uh, it meant that way, Mike. It, it might be about the conversation. But, yeah, we're sitting here. I don't know where he's at right now, but – Mississippi's oh, under that yes. sheet of ice. That yeah, that sheet of ice right now. Yeah, it yeah, was it so was very literally about the weather. It is. 
Uh, oh, okay. Like I, I said, you. at least a quarter inch of ice right discussion. now. Uh, so is Illinois. And I'm hoping maybe our hot topic discussion tonight will melt some of that ice. I know we're supposed to be in double digit sub zero weather uh, uh, through the night tonight, uh, going into tomorrow morning. So, uh, fortunately, we've made it through the entire show here. I'm happy about that. I was afraid that maybe our internet would go out, but it hasn't happened yet. So, uh, keep your fingers crossed for the next hour. Um, so, Mike, you are our co-host tonight, so I'm going to let you uh, kick off the Hot Topic Sound Off uh, segment here with the first Hot Topic. Well, I know we've got a lot to talk about with the Daytona 500, but there was a lot of other racing that went on uh, this past Jay? week. <laughs> oh, I thought you said Mike. I, I meant Jay because he's the co-host for tonight. Well, I'll defer okay. to Jay then. Uh, well, with, with that, I just had a question. Uh, you know, Sharon's hoping that, that the Hot Topics uh, saw some of that. My question would be is if Mike had his headgear and his uh, boxing gloves on, because, yeah, we've already had some discussions. So um, <laughs> we'll we'll start with – actually, uh, I'll just go with how we how we, I had them listed uh, in the uh, Topics group. I know the first one kind of okay. came up with qualifying – with the open teams. Uh, in this case, it happened to be Austin Sindrick, uh, very successful with it, worked in his favor, not so much for Ty Dillon in the heartbreak. Uh, I don't even know if I would clarify because there's a couple levels to it, but what's your take on it and where we're at with it? Okay, Mike, you're first up on, on the topic. Well, from a single race standpoint, it is what it is, and it is what it pretty much always has been, where you know you got to bring a fast car, and you got to hope that your car that you brought is fast enough in order to make it for the race. And some cars were, like Jay said, Austin Sindrick was fast enough to make it in on time in his performance in the duels, and some cars just barely weren't. And in this case, Ty Dillon just barely missed the race uh, by virtue of being a little bit slower in qualifying and and being about a half a car length short in the duels. So I've got no problem with how that sorted out in the Daytona 500. That's not a big deal. The bigger problem with the lack of practice and qualifying through the remainder of the season, you've got drivers like Jordan Anderson and the Xfinity series who had intention of running a full season, or at least attempting to run a full season. They missed the Xfinity race uh, due to qualifying and not qualifying for that Xfinity race. As a result, they weren't able to gain any owner points this past weekend. And since the fields are set via owner points for the remainder of their season until May when they go to COTA and they have another opportunity to practice and qualify, that means that if there's a full field of Xfinity cars, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it's 36, if a full field of those cars show up, Jordan Anderson has no opportunity to even attempt to make that race. And that's, that's kind of my concern with how that's set up this year. Okay, um, I, I uh, hear what you're saying, uh, but it's the same rules for everybody. And uh, uh, Jordan Anderson is a staple in the uh, truck series, so we'll, we'll be able to kind of watch him in that truck series. Uh, but getting back to the um, the other two drivers we talked about, Austin Sindrick and Ty Dillon, 
Again, I understand the heartbreak, uh, but it, it's the same rules for everybody. Uh, it's the situation that these guys are in. And uh, as much as you hate to see Ty Dillon not make the race, um, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, you're happy for, for Austin Cindric on the one hand, and, and you're kind of sad for the other driver on the other hand, but uh, it's the way it's set up, and it's the same for, for everybody in that situation. So uh, what it means is that those guys uh, have to work maybe a little bit harder uh, to make it in down the road. And, you know, this year is such, it, it's like last year. It's kind of the exception um, to what normally happens in NASCAR uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, so I think we have to give people a little bit of a break uh, here uh, as far as criticism of NASCAR. NASCAR is trying to do the very best they can under some very difficult circumstances. Uh, I think the drivers understand that. Um and I think everybody's just trying to make the best of the situation as it is. So, Jay, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Well, this this is round one, so I'm like, I'm only going to throw some light jabs here. I'm not going to go for that knockout punch yet, mainly because I do think <laughs> Mike has some points there. As it is, this race, as the rules are, they like Sharon, you said it. They know what it is coming in. It's the same for everybody. Uh, you'll show up with a faster car and when it comes down to it I think that the Gaunt Brothers racing the spotter made a mistake they had to know who they were racing there was an opportunity for him to move into the top line and and get in front of uh, not necessarily Ryan Priest um, because if Priest yeah maybe it was Ryan Priest because if Priest raced his way in that put it back to the time uh, so move up in that top line and stay in front of Priest in order to ensure he didn't get it. He had to go to his time, and and uh, Ty raced his way in. So I think that, and I watched that replay of that. There was a gap there, and if if the spotter had called him up, knowing that's who he needed to stay in front of, I think the outcome would have been different. And like Sharon said, for every joyous moment of who got in whether it's your favorite or not, somebody's heartbroken. In the the Cup Series, there was Mm -hmm. eight going for four spots, uh, I believe. Uh, In the Truck Series, I think it was ten that went home. Uh, You know, I don't remember from the Xfinity side. So, uh, now, with that, I am with Mike. Things need to change. NASCAR is saying they're bringing in a new car. They want new teams in. What's the motivation for a team to try and come into NASCAR when you're battling for four spots and you have eight, six to eight teams that are going to battle for those four spots and have no other way or opportunity in. So as I promised Andy or in the group, uh, it was kind of directed to Andy at the time, I think, the Jay Hoosman Cup fixes this. I understand <laughs> the benefits, tension of the charter system, but I don't think it's working. Reevaluate it. If you want to award certain teams that are there week in and week out under a charter system, that's fine. Pay them show-up money, a fraction less than you would get to start, especially the Daytona 500, show-up money. But if you don't make it, and I say go maybe 30 cars locked in or 25, battle it out. You're a charter team. You don't make the race. You get show-up money. 
but the other guy gets to race and have a chance to earn more than what he'd make even just starting. Jay, do we know if that is or is not happening? The Jay Hoosman Cup? No. <laughs> the show-up oh. money from NASCAR. No, 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 no. I'm saying that's, that would be the fix if it were the Jay Hoosman Cup. That is how I would fix. Cause I, and, and you can go so many well, different directions with this. The, maybe NASCAR is already doing that. Uh, not to my knowledge. Uh, from my understanding, they renewed the charter system the way it was. And, and there's several things, like I said, this wasn't necessarily about the charter system itself, but it applies um, with the changing and swapping and all of that. And, yeah, you'd have to give me a whole hour to go go on about that. Um, not to my <laughs> knowledge. Uh, I'll just say that. I, I thought they had elected to keep it the way it was for another Three, two or three. I'll have to do some research on that, Sharon. But I don't okay. believe there's any changes on the on the horizon. Okay, Mike, you're up. Yeah, I agree with Jay. Things, something needs to change in the charter system, at least in terms of the guaranteed entry. The problem is it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Part of the reason that the charter system was established and there were so many guaranteed starting spots in there was because of the revenue sharing in there. That created a viable business model for teams like Spire, Rick Ware Racing, and similar, who are traditionally your teams who are trying to race their way in every weekend, but they were there every week. It created a viable business model so they could stay Uh, in business and try and make the races every week to, for lack of a better way to describe it, fill the field. And with revenue being tight the way that it is, that revenue sharing allowed for some of these other teams to to potentially show up for the race. And I think NASCAR was concerned that if things were trending the way they were without that revenue sharing and guaranteed starting spots – it was potential that they would see fewer than 30 cars show up for some races. We're already only seeing 37 to 39 cars show up on a weekly basis to Daytona 500 and some other bigger races notwithstanding. So NASCAR's concerns about not having a full field are definitely real. So reducing those number of guaranteed starting spots, that may uh, cause a reduction in cars that show up for non-marquee races. Is that something that we should be look at, uh, look at being willing to accept? You know, I kind of would be, especially if we're looking at limiting uh, the number of races where teams have the ability to qualify in on speed and they have to rely on owner points. You've got to be able to give these little teams the opportunity to gain those owner points so they can try and race their way in. Um, you can't break your way into the sport, kind of like Jay was alluding to. You can't break into the sport if you don't even have the opportunity to do that break-in. So we have to give these teams the opportunity to race in, but at the same time try not to starve out the teams that are showing up to the track every week. Maybe the Jay Hoosman Cup can come up with a good solution, but I really can't come up with one, especially without being privy to some of the numbers that are involved in terms of the revenue sharing. Okay. Here's the thing. There were 40 cars, there were 36 cars in the truck series race, 40 cars in the Xfinity series race, and there were 40 cars in the cup series race. So the the first race of the season, uh, it's pretty typical that you have more people show up than what can be allowed to race on the track. So uh, that's what's happened here. Are we going to see that every single week? 
Probably not. And especially, uh, uh, you know, under under a pandemic type of year, we're not going to see that. Uh, you guys bring up some good points, and I think NASCAR is probably looking at that uh, for maybe some potential changes down the road. Uh, but should they be making those changes during the pandemic? I'm not so sure. Uh, we'll see how the field plays out uh, for these upcoming races if there's more than 40 cars showing up uh, throughout the rest of the season. My guess is that we're going to see uh, not see that happen. I, I think that typically happens for Daytona, uh, but it dwindles down as the season progresses. And, and let's give NASCAR a chance uh, to really take a look at that charter system. Uh, you're right. I think they've already got rules in place uh, that take them through uh, at least this year, if not next year. Uh, so they've got some time to really look at that. Whether or not they are allowed to make changes um, before that time frame is up, I'm not even sure if that's even possible. So, um, uh, you know, I, I really trust NASCAR, uh, and I think if we're seeing uh, these kind of things going on, uh, that they're seeing it too. And I, I kind of trust that they're going to do uh, what they need to do. But remember, uh, there's a race team alliance. Uh, that's probably bringing this to them if they're not seeing it. I'm sure the Race Team Alliance is doing that if that's still in existence uh, or some of the drivers are bringing it to them. Uh, some of these other teams that you're talking about are bringing it to NASCAR. And I trust that they're going to do what they need to do uh, to, for the health of this sport. So, Jay, you get the final word. I, I guarantee you, uh, Gauntlet Brothers Racing is bringing it, bringing it to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> um, one one of the other things, and, and this is me as a fan, and I don't care if it is my favorite driver. And, and I go back to to dirt track racing, uh, speed weeks down in Daytona. When it comes to dirt, they had eighty late models there, and they started thirty. Guess what? If you didn't make the field, you didn't make the field. But that made you tune in the next night to see, especially if NASCAR mm-hmm. were, is to do it and say, hey, you showed up, you're still eligible for the championship, and I'll just take Chase Elliott uh, for whatever reason. I would have said Jeff Gordon because he was always my favorite, so I'll take Mike's favorite, Chase Elliott. Okay? He doesn't qualify for a race or, or you know, based on time, has, a, has whatever. Okay, he doesn't race that week. And I know, Sharon, we've had this discussion before. We've certain fans come this, to pay yeah. to see yeah, their driver, okay. But he's still eligible for the playoffs. You know he's going to win races or expect him to. So that means he's still going to get back in contention. But that allows that other team that does get in to build some owner points. And going back to the Jay Hoosman Cup here. One thing I would say is if a team does manage to get up in owner points, okay, 36 teams have charters, another team comes in, uh, we'll call it money racing just for fun, um, <laughs> they, they show up at the end of the year, they're 34th, 33rd, or even higher in points. 36 has to give up their charter to that team for the next year. You know, like I said, I, I have right. severe issues with the charter system, the way it works, and, and the way they can trade it and prevent from losing. I know there is a way you can lose it, 
but these teams have managed to manipulate that and sell it and borrow it and trade it and mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, if somebody can get in above 36 in, in owner points, that bottom team has to give up their charter. Okay. Uh, that's an interesting concept. We'll see if uh, NASCAR comes up with that idea. <laughs> maybe they're maybe they're listening, Jay. Okay, Mike, uh, you are up for the next topic. Yeah, I guess I kind of started going down this road a little bit and then uh, realized I was out of order. Either way, um, talking about the, the, the truck series race on Friday evening, uh, during our fan for racing chat, we kind of noticed it, and I wanted to talk about it on this one. It seems like there's a little bit of blad, bad blood going on in Thor Sport Racing. I think Ben Rhodes winning the race may smooth those waters out a little bit, but we, I, I think all of us couldn't help but notice that they weren't really cutting the teammates slack, and, and some of the things that were said or the tone on the radio, it sounded like there's a lot of friction going on at Thor Sport. So I was wondering what your opinion of it is. Okay, Jay. Well, I think, let me see the time here. Yeah, it was uh, 20 minutes before we wrapped up there as we, we kind of came across that. <laughs> I put up as a hot topic, team meeting, cookies and milk, or put on the gloves and have it out. Because uh, it sounded like they were having it out uh, on the radio there, and we definitely saw some action on the track that indicated there were, there were some hard feelings. And I know every race, we saw it. Noah Gregson and Justin Algar uh, last year in the Xfinity Series. We've seen it elsewhere. Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski. Okay, your top Mm -hmm. teams have a way of working it out. But there's also already some perceived dissension, I know we talked about it anyway, of Grant Enfinger having to go part-time this year. I get a strong feeling that there may be more to that story that we don't know. And we can speculate on it, talk about it. There's nothing substantial there. Grant Infinger gave interviews, said he's happy to be there and work with Christian Eckes and going to do what he can in his limited starts. But that's in front of a camera. Uh, I think given the opportunity to go somewhere else and go full-time, he's gone. <laughs> well, yeah, Um you know, I love Thor Sport Racing. We've had a good relationship with Thor Sport um, and uh, followed a lot of their drivers, uh, are some of our favorite drivers uh, in the sport. Uh, and, but, yeah, we did notice uh, that there was some friction uh, that was playing out in the race at Daytona on Friday night. Uh, that makes me pretty sad uh, to see it this early in the season. Uh, but yeah, I hope they do have some milk and cookies and sit down at the table and kind of talk out whatever that friction is, uh, because, uh, uh, they're a great team. I, I've always admired, uh, what they do at Thor Sport Racing. And, uh, I, I, I think all of those drivers are really good drivers. Um, and, uh, I, I, I want to see them work this out and kind of get back on the right track because uh, the one good thing that kind of can come out of all of this, if there is a good side to the first, all of those drivers are very passionate drivers about they want to go out there and win races. So that passion is, is certainly showing up on the track. But uh, the, the sad part of it is, is that sometimes that passion can cross over a line that hurts them more than it helps them. So keep the passion, be out there going for those wins, 
but but you've got to kind of take it back a notch, I think, and uh, uh, learn from one another and kind of make this work within Thor Sport Racing. Um, uh, you've got some veterans in there with uh, Johnny Sauter and Matt Crafton. Uh, you can't really call Ben Ross a veteran anymore. Can't really call, I mean, uh, a rookie anymore. You can't really call Grant Infinger a rookie. These guys have been around uh, for uh, three or four years now. Uh, I think this might be the fourth year for some of those guys. Uh, so um, they've got to put their nose to the grindstone and see what they can do to kind of work this out and uh, make that passion work for them and not hurt them is, is the point I guess I'm trying to make. So, Mike, what are your thoughts? You know, it sounds like there's a lot of recipe for some serious interpersonal problems at Thor Sport with uh, some of the personnel moves that they made um, last year and especially going into this year. Uh, Johnny Sauter obviously had – there's no other way to put it. He had a terrible season last year, absolutely terrible for the past champion of the series. And with the success that some of the other trucks there, specifically the 98 and 99 had – it would be hard if I was Johnny Sauter to not think that maybe they were getting a little bit better shake from the team and and getting maybe some better equipment, better personnel. I don't know if that's the case or not, but when you're starting to have that level of struggle, like the 13 truck had last year, that's got to cross some minds right there. And it's got to cause a little bit of friction. And speaking of friction, Ben Rhodes, don't forget, Ben Rhodes fenced Chris Janecki, his right reared him right into the wall at Texas at the end of last season. So I'm sure there's no love lost between those two. And then you've got the friction between Chris Janecki and Grant Enfinger. Enfinger was a championship contender, and probably for no other reason that he didn't bring enough money to the table, is now finding himself in a part-time ride. So that was one of the things we talked about before is when Grant Enfinger is in the truck – it's, really, it's got to be really hard for him to really consider anybody but himself and his own personal gain. And even if that comes at the expense of his Thor Sport teammates, you can't really blame Grant Enfinger for just being on the lookout for himself. And then you've got Matt Crafton. Matt Crafton is probably the most stable and consistent driver in the Thor Sport camp. Um, reliably good for a couple wins a year, obviously won the championship a couple seasons ago. So Matt Crafton is probably the, the most stable thing in Thor sport, but it sounds like their team meeting needs to be one of those where they just lock them in a room and let them fight it out. And whoever comes out, comes out. Okay, Jay. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, one, one of those, uh, this is twice. I think he agreed agreed with me earlier and I'm going to have to agree with him here. Uh, normally I'd say quit being so pessimistic, you know, uh, but Johnny Sauter had a terrible year. Uh, and I think Sharon is the one that kind of brought it to light of that. Maybe the Toyota package didn't motor or package didn't fit well with him. We saw him run very good. Obviously he runs good the at Daytona, Ford package. but I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. The Ford package. Now they went back to Toyota. Thank you. Um, <laughs> And he said it in an interview, uh, how happy he was. And I know, again, when you make a switch, you promote the new, you let go of the old, you promote the new. But you kind of felt like that was so sincere and that, that maybe, again, the influence he has as a multi-time champion, um, that he he had a role in that. But it does seem to fit him better. And, and you know, I don't know what kind of pull he has with the team overall, but... 
him and Matt Crafton obviously are the two veterans, usually both championship contending uh, drivers. He just didn't have that year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see moving forward. Uh, like I said, they got to have a team meeting one, of the, one way or another. United you stand or divided you fall. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to say this, and Mike and Jay, I hope you're both listening. <laughs> I'm not going to single out one person here. I hope both of you are listening. We have a very good relationship with Thor Sport Racing. All of their drivers have been on our show multiple times. And I want to keep that relationship uh, on a positive note. Uh, now, I agree with you that obviously there was some friction with that group at Daytona. Um, but uh, I like every one of those drivers. I really do. Uh, and I know that Johnny Saunders had uh, a rough go of it under the Ford package. Uh, and, and, Mike, you bring up some points uh, of why there might be friction there. But let's give these guys a chance to work it out. And, um, uh, you know, to I hope it doesn't come to punches. Uh, that's not the kind of working out that I normally advocate for. Uh, I'm more of the milk and cookies kind of advocate uh, in this type of a situation. Uh, but uh, I, I, I really think that uh, ThorSport is an awesome organization. And, and with Duke and, and Rhonda Thorson, I know that they recognize maybe some of the same things that we do, and they're going to do everything they can. Uh, in working with this group. They're very strong supporters of their drivers, and um, uh, I think that they're going to do a really fine job of, uh, you know, as we see this progress, I think we'll probably see them uh, work this all out. Now, we are coming up to the uh, 1030 mark, which means that we are going to go off the air at 1030 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, however, we will continue recording the rest of the conversation, and we've got a lot more to talk about here. Uh, and uh, uh, the rest of that conversation is available on our podcast. Now, I go out on Twitter and let everybody know that uh, the podcast is now available. If you've listened up to this point, all you have to do is fast forward to that two-hour mark, and then you hear the rest of the conversation. We usually try to keep it to no more than another half hour here, Um, and then uh, we're done with our Hot Topics until Thursday night show uh, when we do Hot Topics again. So uh, with that, uh, Jay, let's go ahead and go – well, let's go around for another round here. Uh, Mike, your follow-up. Yeah, um, with Thor Sport, they are, without a doubt, one of the premier teams in the, in the truck series. Every single one of their trucks, all four of them, could win a race every single week. And what I really hope is that interpersonal issues between the drivers, uh, individual drivers between each other, or any friction within the organization doesn't hold them back from that potential. Uh, we've seen it before where, you know, driver versus crew chief conflict or driver versus the organization conflict has held the t- a team back from achieving their potential. So hopefully Thor Sport can sort out whatever bad blood may be there and really start living up to the potential of that team, which is to win races and contend for championships this season. Okay, Jay, your follow-up. Well, and, and as they say, winning cures everything, and one one of their team has won, so they know they all have that capability, like Mike said. Um, 
and as he mentioned, of if if there is anything, this is again what we heard over the radio in race. We we've seen it before, you know. Uh, yeah, the tempers fly during a race, whether it be your own team or another team. Uh, I think back to Kevin Harvick talking about his team. They work it out. They're champion. Uh, we definitely mm-hmm. can see that, and I think we will from Thor Sport. Uh, and they're a very strong staple, if not the staple in the Camping World Truck Series. So, uh, like you said, uh, hopefully it sorts itself out. And maybe there isn't even anything there, and it was just either the moment for that race or that situation. We'll have to wait and see. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. I have a lot of confidence in that team. And, uh, like I say, I, I really like every one of those drivers. Uh, I was so happy for Ben Rhodes getting that victory. Uh, it was a hard-fought victory. Uh, and I, I love that they switched back to the, to the Toyotas. I think uh, that alone is going to help out that whole entire organization. Uh, I have nothing against Ford. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but for their driving style and for uh, those drivers, I think it's just a better fit for them uh, coming back to the Daytona or to the Daytonas, coming back to the Toyotas. And uh, uh, I think it's in the end, it's going to work out a lot better for them uh, for this season. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that as the season progresses. Uh, but congratulations on coming back to Toyota and getting the victory at Daytona. I think uh, that's fantastic. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, Jay, I think you're up for the next topic. All right. Well, this is one uh, Mike kind of brought to the forefront uh, off of somebody else off Twitter. um, And having talked to Sharon earlier and and looked at it, uh, read the tweet here. it has a star, then says whispers, and another star. McDowell just took a playoff spot from D. Benedetto, Byron, Bubba, Chastain, or Dylan Caliber of driver or team. Um, initially, I thought that this that was this individual's take. I, I, I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, I don't know if he's saying there were other people whispering that, and he was just saying that whispers are out there. Uh, so either way, what are your thoughts on it uh, as far as that? Okay, Mike, you're up. Well, the tweet that he's referencing came from Erica Stepp, which if you're not familiar, Eric is a fairly prominent NASCAR YouTuber. Uh, he puts out three to four uh, shows a week regarding hot topics, anything, you know, news within the industry and whatnot. So he's not just some random random guy on Twitter. He's pretty well plugged in okay, in terms of at least Mike. the info media. What's that? Let's get to the topic. <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, on to the topic. I don't think he's necessarily wrong. Um, looking back at the, uh, at the previous season's results, Michael McDowell in his entire career has never finished within the top 20 in NASCAR Cup Series points. What, for whatever reason, whether it's equipment, the team, whatnot, he hasn't. And those other drivers listed, Austin Dillon, Bubba, uh, William Byron, Matt Benedetto. Those are your teams that are generally in your 20th to 16th place position who are usually fighting for those points bubble positions at the end of the season. We've effectively gotten one driver who has now raced his way into the playoffs, and he has 100% earned his way into the playoffs. I'm not saying Michael McDowell shouldn't be in there. However, 
that does put the pressure on those teams who usually are racing for those bubble positions and may or may not be able to get that one win to guarantee themselves into the playoffs. It did become much more difficult for those teams to race their way in now. Okay. Um, with regard to this, I'm, I'm real happy for Michael McDowell. Uh, Michael McDowell is a great uh, super speedway racer. He's been there multiple times on the super speedways, uh, contending up in the top five, top ten, uh, and with the potential to win. He finally made that happen uh, this week at Daytona International Speedway. He's a Daytona 500 champion, and that is huge. That is absolutely huge that, wouldn't, that ha- doesn't have that desire to win at Daytona 500. I don't care where they run normally. But Michael McDowell continually runs in the top on super speedways. Um, and he's going to be a contender at the road course next week as well. So I'm not going to be surprised if Michael McDowell doesn't get multiple wins this season. And uh, I think he earned that victory, and I know that's not what you have in question, but I don't think he's taken anything away from anybody. I think that those drivers have the same chance to go out there and win the Daytona 500 that Michael McDowell has. And uh, uh, if, if they can get up there and contend and win the Daytona 500, then I'm going to be just as happy for them. So I don't think it takes anything away from the other drivers. I think that uh, uh, the, and by the way, there are super speedways that are in the chase uh, that may play into Michael McCall's favor. Uh, I don't think we have a crystal ball that says that uh, this might not be a breakout season for him. And winning the Daytona 500, my golly, do you know what kind of sponsorship and what kind of exposure that gives to an organization like Front Row Racing and to uh, Front Row Motorsports and to Michael McDowell himself. He's got great sponsors as it is. And I'll tell you what, there were a lot of drivers, a lot of drivers, including Joey Logano that was caught up in, in that, uh, that melee at the end of the race, that he said, if I can't win, I'm so happy that it was another Ford and that it was Michael McDowell that won that race. He deserves that win. And so to take anything away from him winning that race, I think, is a huge mistake moment that NASCAR is looking for in this sport. And uh, to, to criticize that and to take that away from Michael McDowell is a huge mistake in my mind. Um, these are the kind of moments that are going to make this sport healthy and uh, keep this sport exciting uh, for a lot of people. So uh, I think it was a good thing. I'm happy for Michael McDowell. I'm happy for his sponsors. I'm happy for Front Row Motorsports. And I think a lot of other drivers are happy for him too. And uh, he got a lot of congratulations via text, via drivers. Joey Logano came right into victory lane and congratulated him on that victory. So this is huge. For the sport, and I, I think it's a mistake to take it away uh, as a, a big, big win uh, for NASCAR and for Michael McDowell. Jay, your thoughts? 
All right. Well, well, I still bite my tongue here. Uh, let me let me do this. I, hopefully, you can hear that applause over the over the microphone there for Michael McDowell. Thank you. I, the the NASCAR rulebook says you must attempt to qualify for every race, be in the top thirty, and if you win a race and you're in the top thirty, you are in the playoffs. And since stats like to be given out, last year following the twenty sixth race. Cole Custer was 21st in points. Eric Jones was 16th, would have been the 16th and final driver. Tyler Reddick, Austin Dillon, Christopher Bell, Chris Busher in between them. Cole Custer went into the playoffs. Eric Jones did not. Did Cole Custer take that spot from somebody else that deserved to be in there? No, they didn't earn it. Michael McDowell has earned his spot into the playoffs. He didn't take it from nobody. They have to go earn their own spot. And I'm going to turn it back over to somebody else now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Mike, you're up. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a difficult balance. I don't want to take anything away from Michael McDowell. Sharon, you're absolutely right. He won the race. He absolutely deserved it. And it's great to see Michael McDowell finally break into victory lane after over a decade of trying. That's great for him. Um, with that said, we still have 25 more races left in the season. There's certainly more opportunities for other drivers to win the race. I'm looking at it more in a season-long standpoint of how many more drivers are going to be able to make the playoffs. Well, at least 15 more. Um, and when we get to the playoffs, what's going to happen there? Unfortunately, we've seen a lot of drivers make it to the playoffs, and then they, you know, their, their position is interchangeable with probably half a dozen other drivers who could have or could have not made it in there. They still earn their way in, like Jay said. However, there's always the debate of could Eric Jones have done better in the playoffs than Cole Custer last year? Possibly, possibly not. He could have done better than Ryan Blaney. Maybe, maybe not, because Blaney was out in that first round as well. Um, But historically speaking, front row motorsports has not been uh, able to accumulate the kind of points that indicated a playoff run is likely for them. Maybe they turn it around this year. I hope they get the sponsorship and exposure that comes with winning the Daytona 500, and they are able to field more competitive cars. I've said it many times. I'm always down to see more competitive cars on the track and more doubt about who's going to win a race on any given weekend. So if that 34 car becomes a weekly threat to win, that's great for everybody. It's great for the sport. Hey, it's great for me as a fan, uh, and it's great for the business and, and obviously great for Michael McDowell as well. Um, so hopefully – I'm wrong, and that that 34 car does make the playoffs, and they're able to put together a respectable deep playoff run. Hopefully that's the way it plays out, but right now we do see a lot of other drivers who were probably counting on maybe not winning a race this year but being able to point their way in. Their road to the playoffs just got a little bit narrower for them to make it, and like Jay said, they're going to need to do a little bit more to earn their way into the playoffs. Well, I think it's – it's not just a thing that happened for Michael McDowell and Front Row Motorsports. It's a great thing that happened for NASCAR. Uh, a lot of people like to root for the underdog, and Michael McDowell is a great guy for everybody to get behind. In fact, uh, Andy brought up, who knows, maybe Ford will invest more money into Front Row Motorsports since they're in the playoffs this year. You might see Ford uh, getting more behind him and, uh, uh, you know, helping him uh, be a better competitor in, in the playoffs. Uh, so uh, I think it all uh, – I think Andy brought this up too. Uh, 
it's not a fluke that he won either. Okay, I think it can also add some playoff drama too. Some of those drivers that are in that the positions 12 through 16 seeded teams are going to have to push to win races now. Uh, but getting back to my point about this is a big win for NASCAR as well. These are the kind of things that ha- when they happen, it brings more people to tune into the sport to see what's going to happen next. Can Michael McDowell improve his performance this year? Is this going to be a breakout year for Michael McDowell uh, in front row motorsports? Is Ford going to get behind them? Are we going to see that happening? Um, this is huge for NASCAR to see somebody like Michael McDowell win. I go back to when Trevor Bain won with Wood Brothers, how huge that was for Wood Brothers and for NASCAR when that happened. Um, every race car driver dreams of winning the Daytona 500 at some point in their career. And that dream came true um, this week for for Michael McDowell. And it is, it is inspiring a lot of other drivers, uh, like you said, you don't ever give up. And it's inspiring a lot of other drivers not to give up on their dreams as well. So, again, this is huge for the sport. This is huge all the way around. Jay, you get the final word. Well, it's going to be more than one word here. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> – excuse me. Uh, earlier we talked about a crossover between the NFL and uh, – racing so I'm gonna use the NFL. Tampa Bay was eleven and five to end the season. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. There are teams that said, hey, we beat Kansas City or uh, sorry, Tampa Bay throughout the season. How come we didn't get to be the Super Bowl champion? Because you didn't make it there. So if you don't make it into the playoffs, it don't matter how you could have done or would have done or should have done, you didn't make it there. You know, I mean that this was this really kind of did set me off. Like, like I said, I I almost got on to Twitter. I, I normally don't engage in things like that, but um, like I said, those teams, no matter what, whether they win a race or not, in points, they got to earn their spot. He didn't take it away from any; he earned his. They got to go earn theirs, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, Bob, oh, actually, too, Jay, because you've got negative Nellies over something that is so huge for this sport, and they're trying to make an issue out of it. And that bugs me. <laughs> I, w- I will. Sharon, you, you mentioned this, uh, and I know he's one of your drivers, but, uh, again, facts are facts. Cole Custer ended up 16th in points, uh, the last player mm-hmm. in the championship. Uh, it sorts itself out when it comes to that. But that was his 16th spot in the playoffs because he earned That's it. That's right. So whether whether you beat him four or five other times, guess what? He beat you when it counted, and he moved on. So with that, okay. like I said, I, I, I hope more teams like that get more wins, and it does put that pressure on these teams because that means they got to earn their spot. Okay. Mike? All right, so this next one, this might be a little bit self-serving because it's going to lead into what I'll talk about in our uh, closeout roundtable. But going into the weekend, Kurt Busch released a video that was pretty cryptic, but a lot of people kind of took it that he was uh, kind of hinting that he wouldn't be coming back for uh, for next season there. And 
There's been some speculation. Kurt Busch is only on a one-year contract to drive for the 2021 season with no future plans announced for, uh, for 2022 and beyond. So a lot of fans read between the lines on that video that Kurt released and that he was kind of announcing that he wasn't coming back. And when Kurt was directly questioned about it, he didn't really answer either. He said something basically to the effect of maybe it is, maybe it isn't. So it's interesting to see that the silly season stuff is already picking up. And I'm wondering what everyone else's take on that video and the Kurt Busch situation might be. Jay, have you seen it? I truthfully, I've not seen the video, um, but we've gone through this before and we, we knew it was coming uh, at some point. Yes, he is on a one-year contract. And I think it may depend on how this season goes. I mean, he was a championship contender last year. Not to say a driver can't walk away when they're choose to walk away when they're a championship contender. That is his decision. Uh, it is interesting to think about and possibly talk about, but until there is something official and not cryptic or implied or possibility, maybe Kurt's trying to leverage uh, for a new contract. You know, negotiation wise of the, of the threat of leave, leaving. You know, we don't know. Uh, maybe that's his his goal is to. Be like, hey, you don't give me a two-year deal or a three-year deal, you know, I'll, I'll hint that I'm walking type deal. Um, but the intriguing thing is there are drivers out there, and, we, uh, you know, we're, we're not barely through the first race weekend, and Owen had it up of, of possible moves next year. Brian Newman retiring just on age and, and other things, and Matt DiBenedetto going there. Well, I think Matt DiBenedetto's got some options no matter what uh, <laughs> to include a fourth Penske team. So you never know. I, I I hate to say it's too early to start talking about silly season, but I know I'm one that kind of did already in preseason. Uh, you know, Owen's article about that. There are some intriguing possibilities, and there's realistic things. We know Brad Keselowski's on a one-year contract. Is he retiring? Is he going somewhere else? we got to wait until we got a little bit more concrete. I know even at the end of last year when we were talking about some of the things, there still wasn't concrete until – uh, the final final weeks of the season. So uh, this is going to go on all year. Yeah, and, and I feel like it's a deja vu because I think we had the same conversation last year uh, about some of the same drivers uh, that we mentioned here. Um, uh, I did not see the video either. It might have helped, Mike, for you to post that so we all would kind of know what you're talking about. Um, but... Uh, uh, again, I think it's deja vu. We hear this about a lot of drivers every year. Uh, some drivers have already signed contracts early this season uh, just to put that conversation <laughs> out of the way. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe this is Kurt Busch's uh, way of kind of uh, creating some buzz around it uh, for an entire year uh, before he makes an announcement. Who knows? Uh, but... Um, uh, I don't think there's anything new here. Uh, Kurt Busch has already raced in the Rolex. He's already uh, talked about wanting to race in the IndyCar series. Uh, he's already put it out there that uh, he would consider uh, other opportunities. So in a way, uh, if he is teasing it, I don't think it's anything really that new. Um, so, yeah, I think we got to just kind of give it, give it some time and let it uh, work itself out. Uh, and I, I, I kind of agree. It's, it's a little early 
to be talking silly season, and we just finished the Daytona 500. But um, you know, maybe maybe it's a marketing strategy. So we'll see how that plays out. But Mike, what are, what are your thoughts about it? Well, I know me and Jay, we don't we don't disagree often, but I'm gonna have to disagree with him right here. It's always time to talk about silly season, and it's never too early to do it. So, Sharon, you mentioned well, that Kurtz talked about wanting to well, – I guess so, but i gotta, I got to poke a jet. Um, so you mentioned that Kurt has talked about wanting to race Indy cars and sports cars. Well, you know who owns an Indy car team and a sports car team? Chip yep. Ganassi. Yep. So there's a very strong possibility that Kurt Busch might be looking to go down the Jimmy Johnson road of – don't call it a retirement where, yeah, he hangs up his NASCAR fire suit, but he goes on to run potentially a full season in IMSA or IndyCar or a smattering of different races between those seasons. Kurt Busch is another one of those guys who he hasn't quite, you know, had a Jimmy Johnson level of career, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Kurt Busch make it into the Hall of Fame one day. He's definitely been a respectable and reliable presence in the NASCAR Cup Series for the better part of two decades at this point, and he's earned his opportunity to maybe go try racing somewhere else while he's still got a few competitive years left in him to do so. So if Kurt wants to move within the Ganassi organization to maybe try his hand at any cars or sports cars, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. And that may be the beginning of Kurt laying the groundwork to say, Hey, I'm not going away. I'm just, you know, you're going to, you're going to watch me at a different time and channel and you're going to still see me racing cars on TV. Okay. Jay. Yeah, it's one of those, again, and if it is, in this case, Kurt's decision and choice, as it was Jimmy Johnson's, I like to see that more so than we have some others where it really wasn't their choice uh, due to business models and young drivers or whatever. Um, So if that's the case and that's his decision and he's making it and, and choosing to go do that, I'm happy for him. Uh, I would like to still see him. I like him in, in NASCAR, uh, but I know he has that uh, alluded to that desire, and he has the talent. Uh, he's one we have seen do, do the India 500. So um, if that's the case, I wish him the best and appreciate the time he has been in Cup. I know he's had his ups and downs. Uh, we all have. Uh, but I thought he, I think he brought a lot to this sport some of it maybe, you know, his younger brother. I don't know about that. But, um, <laughs> you know, you got to appreciate that, like I said, if, if the fact of it's his decision uh, to pursue that, just like Carl Edwards. I mean, I miss him, but he walked away at his choice in his timing. So you you got to respect that. Yeah, I agree, Jay. Um, whatever he decides to do is fine with me. We talked about crossover with the NFL, with uh, Antonio Williams coming over uh, to that Joe Graff team. Uh, you know, it, I, I noticed Jimmy Johnson was watching the Daytona 500 this week, another one that congratulated uh, Michael McDowell. Uh, if, if Kurt Busch does that, I'm sure he would be in the same boat, uh, still keeping an eye on NASCAR and, and supporting NASCAR. And, uh, you know, there's no doubt that Jimmy Johnson's going to bring fans over to the IndyCar this year. Uh, so same thing can happen with uh, Kurt Busch. So uh, I don't see it as anything but uh, whatever he wants to do. Uh, he's contributed a lot to the sport. Uh, I'm sure wherever he goes, he'll contribute a lot there. And uh, we wish him the very best no matter what he decides. 
So, Mike, you get the final word. Well, we've got uh, 35 more races worth of time to talk about it, and I'm sure we're going to know more as the weeks progress. <laughs> uh, I, I'm with Jay. Um, if this is Kurt's decision and he's trying to lay the groundwork to uh, to walk away gracefully, that's great. Hopefully, like you said, he's not getting pushed out. Um, but even if he is, from from what it sounds like, as long as as long as Kurt has a landing spot, and it sounds like he he would have a landing spot wherever it would be, whether it be open wheel sports cars or another NASCAR team. I think uh, I think Kurt Busch is going to come out ahead on this deal, no matter how it shakes out. Um, so yes, I'm definitely going to stay tuned and pay attention to this, and, and I'm sure this isn't the last time we're going to talk about it on this show. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Okay, do we have a quick one, Jay, that we can hit on? Well, uh, I don't know how quick you think it would be. It would be the uh, Kevin Harvick uh, retirement, non-retirement uh, um, interview. If you if you looked at that, I believe I put a, there's a link to his interview and what yep. he's talked about and how the schedule actually affected that decision in lengthening it as he sees it. Ooh, yeah, I've got a lot so, to talk about on this one. This might be something to table till Thursday. Okay, we'll table that one to Thursday then. Uh, so, Jay, you're going to help me remember that, right? <laughs> okay, let me I will, up, if nothing uh, else. Okay, let me bring up one that I think will be quick. I mentioned it as we we're transitioning over to the show, um, and that is uh, the idea of celebrities within the support uh, within the um, sport uh, and outside of the sport uh, sponsoring teams or even specific drivers. Uh, we see Michael Jordan doing it with a team 2311. Uh, we're seeing Antonio Williams doing it with a driver uh, with Joe Graff Jr. Is this a trend that we're going to see more of uh, as uh, things progress here? Uh, people are looking for sponsors, but what about some of the celebrities that have uh, some money and some interest in the sport? Uh, so, Jay, we'll go to you first. Do we lose Did Jay? We lose Jay? Yeah, let me look here real quick. He's sending me a message. Let me see what it is. He got cut off and he can't get back in. So, Mike, it's just you and me. Well, Mike, what are your thoughts about that? I'm I'm cautious about this. Um, Michael Jordan is a lifelong NASCAR fan. I have no doubt that he is completely dedicated to the success of 2311 racing. I think he has the experience and the passion and the knowledge to make that happen. With that said, I grew up as a fan of South Florida sports, the Miami Dolphins, the Miami Marlins, you know, at the time, the Florida Marlins. And they had a series of celebrity ownership groups that came in, bought into the teams, and they invested a lot of time and money for it so long as it was providing them the publicity that they wanted in return. And as soon as it wasn't, they dumped their commitment to it, and the team suffered greatly as a result of it. So if the support for these NASCAR teams is genuine and beneficial, I'm all for it. However, I'd be very cautious about getting too much of a sugar high on this money that's available. It's great while it lasts, but be prepared for that money to go away very quickly. If that celebrity is no longer getting their publicity that they're seeking from their investment. 
Yeah, I think you bring up a good point, and you're right. Uh, Michael Jordan's been a lifelong fan. He remembers going to the races as a kid with his uh, with his dad and and uh, uh, going to the track. Uh, same thing with Antonio Williams. He talks about that too, being a lifelong um, NASCAR fan, having lived in uh, Durham, North Carolina, uh, and this gives him a chance to kind of re-impassion that he has for NASCAR. Uh, and those are the kind of sponsors that I like to see uh, uh, and partnerships that I like to see coming into the sport because um, we know how it is uh, to have a passion for the sport and be uh, committed to it. And uh, I, I, if you're going to have that kind of support coming into this sport, uh, that's the kind of support that you want to see. Uh, but you're right. Uh, they're looking for something out of it, too. And uh, I think as fans and as um, supporters of this sport, it's up to us to make sure that they get that uh, the, uh, exposure and that visibility and, and that we talk about them as being supporters of our sport. Uh, because uh, we love this sport too, and it's people like that that are putting money into it uh, that are helping us to enjoy this sport. So uh, there, it's a two-way street, and uh, if we can give them that exposure and we can talk about it and uh, encourage that kind of support, uh, I think it, it can be a very positive thing, and especially for those drivers that already have or for those celebrities that already have that passion for this sport. I, I think they have the potential to be very strong supporters uh, within NASCAR. So follow-up, Mike? Yeah, that's about it. Obviously, it's another one of those time-will-tell kind of a things. Um, maybe I'm mm-hmm. un, undue, unduly cautious about it, again, because of my experience watching Florida sports when I was growing up. Um, maybe seeing those teams get burned, and it was a completely different time in different sports. So maybe that's not something to be concerned about with NASCAR. But I'm going to watch it with cautious optimism. I think that's where I'll leave it at. Okay. Uh, I want to do a shout-out for Jay. Thank you so much for uh, being our uh, co-host for tonight. Uh, We really appreciate it. I know he's got a Chase uh, Elliott article in the works, and uh, I've sent him some quotes and stuff, so uh, hopefully we'll see that uh, sometime here shortly. And I know Jay is a strong supporter of uh, the local tracks uh, uh, within driving distance of him, and he's willing to drive a long way. Um, so uh, I'm sure uh, as this season progresses, we'll hear more from him about the tracks uh, that he's going to be working at. And and I know he's an announcer uh, as well, so uh, we wish him the best as this season progresses on that front. So, Mike, uh, let's continue the roundtable there. Sure, it's going to be Mike underscore Orzel on Twitter, Mike double underscore O on Reddit. Uh, I've got a first and what's going to probably be some sort of a series in an irregular fashion uh, of articles out, and I'm going to call it the hot seat. And the, kind of the intention is examining drivers who maybe they're on a one-year contract or, you know, as the title implies, for, for some reason are on the hot seat this, uh, this season. And the first in that series of articles is regarding Kurt Busch, and that's live now on Fans for Racing. Go ahead and check it out. Okay. And, uh, of course, we've got uh, uh, Sam is back. He uh, has done the recaps uh, for the Cup Series. Uh, He's already got the Clash recap out there, as well as the Daytona 500 recap. Owen has uh, uh, Cash or Pass 
uh, heading into Daytona for the Cup Series. He's also doing the power ranking, and uh, uh, I'm sure we'll have more. He wrote an article uh, about uh, Eric Almarola, so uh, a lot of, lot going on here at Banford Racing. Uh, keep uh, tuned in because I may have some announcements uh, coming out in that regard in, uh, by Thursday night, hopefully, and uh, we'll we'll see what uh, what's next for Fan for Racing, uh, but uh, definitely stay tuned for some news coming out in that regard. Um, I uh, am really looking forward to the 2021 season and uh, looking forward to uh, working with our Fan for Racing crew. We have a great group of people here, and uh, uh, sometimes it's uh, some lively discussion, and uh, it's all good uh, because we still walk away uh, feeling good about each other and and what we're doing here at Fan for Racing. So uh, very happy to have my group here with us. Uh, Jay is back with us, of course, uh, as is Andy. Andy will be co-hosting on Monday, on Thursday night, hopefully. Again, we have Nick Sanchez uh, and maybe one other guest that I'm still waiting for a confirmation on for Thursday night. Um, we also have uh, Sam and Owen back. James is back as a filling co-host uh, on occasion, so hopefully we'll be able to uh, talk with James at some point throughout this season. And, um, uh, again, just really happy with our group and uh, looking forward to this 2021 season. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate each and every one of you, and uh, uh, hope you'll return. Uh, back for our Thursday night show uh, starting at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, with that, Mike, I think we're ready to say good night. Well, good night, everybody. been a pleasure. Good night. Take care, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.